The jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Welcome, folks, to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios located in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. We broadcast live every weeknight. That's Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, of course, right here on the Global Star Radio Network, the place to be. Folks, we're also simulcast on Blog Talk Radio, and you can watch us live and by archive on our official YouTube channel. Folks, go to hagmanandhagman.com. There we list all of our shows, navigation to our different websites that include hagmanandhagman.com for the show. And then, of course, we've got Hagman Report for news, information, articles. And I want to just a big thank you to Rhonda, who's really done a great job with uh, the Hagman Report, selecting articles of, of extreme importance. And, of course, that's kind of show prep in a, in a sense. And, of course, North uh, the... Um, um, uh, com, which is my little spot on the internet. I'm Doug Hagman at the helm. Now with me tonight is Gee Whiz, an empty seat. Uh, <laughs> Joe's off tonight. He'll be back tomorrow night. It's just Eric the Tech in myself in studio, uh, coming at you tonight. It's just going to be us. Uh, pull up a chair, have a seat. Have a seat at the table. We're going to be doing some, some talking about really what's going on. And, and the, the, the topic of the program or the, what's re, what really is the program tonight is the, the peril that we all face, the things that are being covered by the political theater. Now there's so much political theater taking place right now. There's so, so many eyes on the trinkets. Of course, we've got a Super Tuesday tonight where this will be the definitive, well, Perhaps a definitive. Um, the results tonight will be will be uh, important for the 2016 elections, and I wonder how many people have. Uh, I wonder how many people think that we're not going to have the 2016 elections. Rather interesting. I don't know. Well, folks, like I, I like to say that we do dig deep into the topics that the mass media captured, mass media, Illuminati-controlled mass media won't, will never do. And in fact, that's what we do. That's why that's why you listen to us, and we do hope that you do listen and urge others to listen. I received, I was going through some uh, postal mail today, and I, I, I was just, uh, I mean, from chuckles to almost tears, um, so, so many just wonderful letters and cards, notes in terms of what we're doing, how we're, you know, how things are, how we're affecting things. Now, when I say that, it's not to say yay is us or, you know, good for us. It, it, it's, it's more of a, and I'm speaking from the heart, and I, I like to think I always do, but I, I'm, I'm looking at, at, um, the mail that we received, the, the email and the postal mail, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, if we can, if we can just maybe, well, if we're touching people in, in this manner, reaching out and, and changing the hearts and minds of people, then we're doing our job. 
And if every if, if everyone tells someone else about the program, maybe we can have a, a, a greater effect. And, well, more on that later. Tonight we're going to be getting, I'm going to be getting into a lot of information about really what, what what's behind this smoke screen of what's out there. And uh, the third hour, of course, because it's Tuesday, Tuesdays with Stan, Stan Deo in the third hour, so it's going to be fantastic. Before we get started, I want to let everyone know. Um, I spoke with uh, the conference organizers for Hear the Watchman, and folks, the early bird special of $99 to purchase tickets to Hear the Watchman's conference expires at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. All right. Now it's not going to be back because they've got to have a head count. And I mean, it's, it's going to be a pretty significant, I mean, it's going to be pretty close to right on. Otherwise, well, if you're familiar with conference organizing, you've got to have a number, a specific number. And if you go above or below that in a certain percentage, things get really screwed up and there's money that, that's wasted. So please, if you're planning, uh, if you're planning on attending, please, please, please do so by going to hearthewatchman.com and, and, and registering for the event, $99 until 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. And after that, the ticket prices are going to be $149 per ticket. So if you, again, if you plan to attend or are thinking of attending, purchase your tickets now. Um, please do that. And I, I was fortunate enough to be on USA Prepares Radio, Vince Finelli. I don't, folks, it, it's up right now on our website, hagmanandhagman.com. If you go, if you look at the, uh, the main screen where you're watching or could be watching tonight's program, underneath that, I put in the link to, or the actual video, uh, it'll take you to, to the video of Vince Finelli's program this morning, USA Prepares. Now, Vince Vanelli is a good friend of this program, a good friend of mine, and uh, we were joined. It was a two, it was a two-hour show, and we talked about a lot of things. And in fact, he had he even said, he said, "How did you get started in radio?" And, and that was kind of the opening question. And I, I had said some things that after the interview, he said, "You know something? I did not know some of those things you were talking about." Uh, so, folks, if you're new to this program, I'd urge you to take a listen to that show. Well, again, go to HagmanHagman.com. Right underneath the main program is the link to USA Prepares for today. And I think it says Doug Hagman Unplugged because I think it was pretty well unplugged. So we spent two two hours together on that show. Now, Vince Finelli is going to be on tomorrow night's program. And it, it's going to be a great show because he's going to be talking about... Um, how to survive in ways that you never thought of. Now, I'm not talking about preparation. I'm talking about really cool techniques. He's got some stories and and some lessons to teach. It's going to be really worth your while. Please spread the word. And also, if you did hear me on USA Prepares, if if you listen to that show, drop excuse me, drop Vince a line, drop him an email. Tell them how much you enjoyed the show, or hey, we need to have that guy on, right? Either way, you just let them know you're listening. Um, we do that for a number of reasons. We we, we like to know who's listening or not who's listening, but kind of the um, um, the, the the audience 
we kind of get an idea of who's how many are listening based on certain responses from certain areas and, and but, but it would be great so just uh, let him know you listened if you did and if you liked it that's fine he's got a facebook page too if you go to usaprepares.com you can also weigh in on this facebook on just post something on this facebook that, that you heard it that's right there where um on this timeline i i think i think you can do that i'm, I'm not sure uh, anyway uh, my goodness, we, we, so many things to talk about tonight and, and so many issues that, that are of grave importance. I want to give you an update. I spoke with Steve Quayle today and, um, we, of course, yesterday we had Steve Quayle and Timothy Alberino on the, the show. And Timothy Alberino was talking about what happened, um, that sent him and his family to the hospital. Folks, he's facing a lot, a lot of medical expenses and a lot of expenses with respect to his, uh, well, a lot of expenses right now. And um, uh, I told Steve that you know I, I would mention the fact that if there's anyone out, out there that wants to help Tim Alberino out, uh, and I asked Steve, I said, what's the best way to do it? And he said, just merely make a check out to Tim Alberino, send it to, make it out to Tim Alberino, and send it to Steve. Uh, by way of Steve Quayle, his address uh, in Bozeman, Montana, and and we're going to be we're going to be helping him out as well. And I say that only because we believe in helping one another, and certainly we believe in the fact that uh, we need to stick together. And you know, if we are under attack, we are under attack like no other time in history. And, and I've been doing this only for what, five years in terms of do, doing a show like this, but I've never seen the landscape, the environment take on the vicious nature that it is today. I've never seen things happen that, I've never seen the attacks. And I'm talking about physical, personal, real attacks. And some may mock and, and some do mock saying, oh well, my goodness, it's it's all made up, it's all hyperbole, it's all this, it's all that. You know, until you live it, until you're in that position, you've got no clue. You don't have any idea what you're talking about. And, and this is not to our audience, but to, to the critics. And I'm not going to answer the critics. I'm just going to say that, that uh, there is a real fight going on. And I am surprised at the... I, I mean, it surprises me to, to to see and to hear and to read accounts of what's taking place. I do want you to please keep in your prayers, Timothy Alberino, to keep in your prayers, Steve Quill, all the watchmen out there, all the people who are telling the truth, Alex Jones and, and his crew. Um, it doesn't matter. Anyone attempting to tell the truth, please keep them in your prayers. They deserve our prayers, and they deserve our support. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm scheduled to be on InfoWars this Friday. Um, I believe it's going to be at uh, noon central, 1 o'clock eastern, I believe. That's InfoWars this Friday. Um, I just have to verify the time, but that's uh, I'll be on with Alex Jones. We'll be talking about a number of issues, including more about the Supreme Court. And while I'm thinking about the Supreme Court, and I've got a number of notes here that um, about this. I, w- I want to reiterate something that I heard 
and and I want people to understand. I I, I suspect, and and this is from a source uh, who asked not to be named. That you know there there will according to the plans of the people making the plans, there will be a, a another vacancy of the in the Supreme Court before Obama's term runs out. Now that does not mean a death. That does not mean a murder. That it, it has not necessarily anything nefarious in terms of the fate of the justice. What I am hearing is Obama wants to be able to really weigh the court toward a socialistic mar- Marxist uh, uh, ideology for years, decades to come, and he can do that certainly. We'll say by one of the more senior judges, justices being replaced. Now, I just, just file that in the back of your mind because it's, it's important. It's important because it does speak of, in my view, it speaks of the agenda, the larger agenda here. If you listen to any talk radio, and, and as the program unfolds, we're going to be hitting on the economy. We're going to be hitting on the, the political theater. We're going to be hitting on the larger grand plan of the powers that be. But we're going to get into the details, the objectives, and the methodology as we do so. And I think it's important for us to understand how things are being conducted. And when I was doing the interview today with Vince, um, he had asked me about the economy, and he had asked me about the, you know, when are we going to see things? And and, and basically, my response, and my response today, right now, my whole thinking is we are seeing it take place. We're seeing the orchestrated takedown of, of America. Now, now think about this, folks, and, and I would urge every one of you to, we have to start thinking for ourselves. We really have to start analyzing current events ourselves. It's not that you didn't know this or it's nothing new, but look at the situation and, and think about if you were in the position of power and if you held the the strings, the, the marionette strings, the the puppet strings, and and here it is, March first of two thousand and sixteen. How long does Obama and his crew, the people that surround Obama, how long do they have normally in the Oval Office or within the Beltway? Well, they've got until the, what, the 20th of January of 2017, roughly, to do whatever damage they want to do or will do. So there's some time here yet. Obama's legacy, in my view, is not complete, or is, it's not his legacy, but his his objectives have not been met at least not in total. I do believe Obama was selected and in, installed for a lot of reasons, not the least of which was Obamacare. But more importantly, if you look back and you consider, carefully consider his heritage, his appearance, his origins, of which we know little about, but we can certainly speculate, it's my opinion, folks, that Obama was put in there to cause what we see taking place in the Middle East right now and to Islamicize the United States of America. Yes, he is a Marxist. Yes, 
he is, well, I could say a communist as well in terms of his ideologies. And one may believe that communism and Marxism are not polar opposites, but certainly far far and away different in terms of ideology. But if you look at, we'll just say socialism now, in place of Marxism, we'll say socialism. Socialism is a mere stepping stone to communism. Communism is the ultimate endgame objective for the New World Order, folks. So the next installed Individual, the next person to be installed in the Oval Office will take us from the tyranny, the soft tyranny, or the socialism that we see today. And there is a lot of socialism to a full-blown communism that will usher in the New World Order. This is my belief. But there had to be this hope and change community organizer Obama, Barry Satoro, the guy, the renegade, there had, he had to, he had to come in. He had to be put in there. He was the buffer. He was the conduit between the Muslims, or is the conduit between the Muslims and the Americans. But, but look at what had happened. Now we can argue this or to, to talk about this and debate this, and I believe this to be true. I cannot merely look at Obama and say it was Obama alone or Obama and his people alone that were responsible, have been responsible for this Islamization of the United States, how far we've come. Because, ladies and gentlemen, that would be short-sighted. To me, that would be short-sighted to say, okay, Obama has that Muslim heritage, that Muslim upbringing, that Muslim connection, that Islamic connection true but see he didn't get where he's at by himself or he certainly didn't get where he's at without the assistance and facilitation of people like George W. Bush George H. W. Bush as much as that seems to go against the grain of everything you believe I and I understand that and you might be sitting there at the kitchen table and say, oh, you are so full of it. As a matter of fact, I received a, well, my wife got a call and, and she had told me about this. She said, you know, <clears throat> the other night, and I'm not sure which night it was, one of our family members was listening to our program and, and, uh, and, and I, I don't, remember what the program was but I, I she said you were meaning me I was talking about George W. Bush uh, facilitating the rise of Obama or facilitating Obama in, in terms of putting him in a, allowing him to be in power and I was also talking about the the, um, uh, the uh, senators and, and the Republicans and the, even the, some of the conservatives that served as the grease the skids for Obama. And the family members, my wife's family members, were very angry with my, with my statements to even to the point where they were going to call me up instead of call my wife up and complain to her, which, sorry, sorry, honey. <laughs> sorry about that. But, they were, they were incensed that I would say that. So, 
what I had done was I one of the individuals I know real well. I mean, obviously family members, but I, I, I shouldn't say no. I get along and talk with them, and, I, and I, so I had a conversation with them, and I said, "So I hear you're kind of upset with me." Oh yeah, you should you should have heard them calling you names, and um, and, I, and I said, "Okay, well, what's you know what's the issue here?" So I can address this, uh, perhaps to you or or you know, and, and well, the the issue was how can you possibly say. How can you possibly say that that the Republicans or conservatives were uh, at fault for what Obama or getting Obama in office? So I I, pe- I went down the list kind of like in a, in, a, in a pecking fashion, and I said, "Well, what about the eligibility? Oh, that was just nothing but a distraction." I said, "Well, what about his lack of of you know background and history? It, it doesn't matter. We we had to fight him on we had to fight him on the um, his policies and his his stated policies." Okay. So I went through a whole about six or seven different topics, and by the end of that conversation, now I, I did not convince the person on the other end of the phone. Certainly, he didn't agree. He didn't agree with me, but he understood a little bit more where I was coming from. And he said, "Okay, I'll, I'll look into this. Uh, I'm going to look into this now, and I'm going to see maybe." Maybe you could be right. Maybe I'll give you the benefit of the doubt here. Uh, we'll listen to a few more of your programs, but if you keep going down this road, I don't think you're going to have us as listeners anymore. I said, well, that's, you know, certainly, you know, you can turn on Rush Limbaugh or you can turn on, uh, on, uh, uh, whatever the flavor is of the day and, and listen to them. But, but regardless of what you do, and I, and I did say this, please get involved. Whatever your belief system is, get involved because now we have to get involved. The time for being keyboard warriors and nothing but it's gone. We have to really get up and, and get involved and we have to choose a side. And you know something? I remember not too long ago, well, a year or two ago when I said we have to choose a side. I remember being taken to a woodshed by a talk show host for saying that we have to choose a side. I remember that. And, and this person was saying, oh, you know, and, and it was like a 10 minute diatribe against me saying we have to choose a side. But I think at this point, what, what, yeah, we have to choose a side. I'm not talking necessarily political. I'm talking about a spiritual, moral position. But with that comes the, the political aspect of things. We cannot, for example, in saying we have to choose a side, let's say you are a conservative. You weigh the the political options out there. You've got Rubio, Cruz, and Trump. Perhaps Trump, many people will say, has nothing to do with anything. He's not a conservative. He's not a Republican. And, and I get all that. I, I completely understand that. But what about Cruz and Rubio? Rubio... If you look at, and, and we will do this, not today, not on Super Tuesday, because it, 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 we, there's a lot of real estate um, that, that needs to be, we need to cross. But we are going to take Rubio and Cruz and Trump and Hillary. Of course, Hillary would probably take two programs. But we're going to go through and just hit fact by fact by fact in terms of the, the bio, the the origins, the constitutional uh, uh, you know where they're at constitutionally in terms of how they follow the constitution, kind of like a grade point average on on all of these. But when it gets a little bit more 
when the focus is a little bit clearer on this, if it if it ever will be. But folks, right now Rubio, there's a lot of indications, and if you haven't heard this before, there's a lot of indications about him being blackmailed for uh, sexual improprieties. I, I don't know. I, I'm not here to to say that I can authenticate the information. But there's the talk out there about his sexual proclivities and his sexual performance with respect to the homosexual community. Have you heard that? Does that make a difference? Yeah, it it does make a difference. Character makes a difference. Behavior makes a difference. What about Cruz? Eligibility issues. Some might say, well, gee whiz. Cruz is a natural-born citizen. Well, not by the three-legged test that the Constitution offers. There's a three-legged test, of course. He's only got one leg to stand on. One leg to stand on on a three. And then, of course, you've got Trump. Oh, believe me, Trump, Donald Trump, he is no angel. I mean, there's, they're going to bring, look, they are going to bring forth mob connections. They're going to bring forth his uh, personal life and a lot of other things. His, his, um, uh, flip-flopping on homosexual marriage. He was, he went to a homosexual marriage. I guess it wasn't, I don't know, uh, 10 years ago. And, uh, there's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of stuff with respect to his finances, of course. There's a lot of stuff with respect to his, uh, cozy, cozying up to Clinton and others. Is he who he says he is? But at the end of the day, what it comes down to is, well, he's the best we have, right? Is that is that is that is that about right? He's the best we have, and it's not that I am not disparaging anyone. I'm not endorsing anyone. I'm just kind of telling it like I see it. That's all. And Clinton, of course, on the on the. Uh, left side, the progressive Marxist side. What can you say about Clinton? And and my heart goes out to the mothers and fathers of those killed in Benghazi. My heart goes out to the, the members of the military killed in the various operations in Libya. The family members of, of those who had who have died and been injured in other places of the world under the Clinton State Department. So there's a lot to talk about with respect to Hillary Clinton. Of course, there was a uh, they released uh, what uh, 1,300 or 2,000 emails, Clinton emails. You, you know, it, it, and it's interesting to me, and I want to I want to point this out. One of our biggest critics. The most vocal critics against us, uh, against me especially, very anti-Hillary Clinton. Heard and hadn't heard a peep out of this person. Makes you wonder. Just saying. All right, we, we've got so so many items to, to again to talk about. The CDC warning about uh, health food outbreaks with respect to salads and, and, and lettuce and fruits and vegetables. You've got border agents who, who are objecting to Obama amnesty, a revolt within the uh, uh, customs, uh, the border uh, enforcement. We've got, um, 
we've got a, a sexual perversion pervasive all over the United States and all throughout the West. You've got Bill Clinton campaigning at various poll, well, at a polling location in violation of the law. But who cares about the rule of law? You've got a number of artificial intelligence slash transhumanistic stories. You've got information about the TPP and about various trade treaties. That's what they are. That's not being reported. You've got a redistribution of wealth like no other time in history. If you look at the numbers with respect to billionaires, oh, don't cry me a river about billionaires losing their billionaire status. That's not important. What's important is everyone else is dropping down a notch or two themselves. And in fact, the middle class is dropping down more than a notch or two. And then you've got... (laughs) Then you've got the clueless, the people who are lost in March Madness, the, or will be the people who will are, are really have no clue of what's going on, and, and their numbers are increasing. And and perhaps most importantly, you've got the vacuum that exists right now with the Supreme Court. That's really not necessarily a bad thing compared to what it could be. But here's the issue with the Supreme Court, and this is something that I really want people to understand. 35 cases, as I would mentioned before, the Supreme Court is looking at roughly, now there might might be one or two less or more, but about 35 cases at the time of the Scalia, at the death of Scalia. Seven of those 35 are extremely important. But but you know, one of the issues that, that could very well be one of the most important issues with respect to the Supreme Court is going to be the Second Amendment issue. That's right. And would it be something, folks, you know that they're going to have to do something about people with guns, you know they're going to have to do something about people like us talking about people with guns and, and, and talking against the government. You know that so long as we have a legitimate Second Amendment, our First Amendment rights are generally basically protected. So at issue and in the crosshairs is the Second Amendment. So watch in the next several months that second amendment in terms of a supreme court opinion being changed the heller decision being changed the the ability for us to own guns without having to submit to a national registry watch for that to change watch for a general acceleration of everything over the next several months and watch this year's spring or uh, the equinox the spring equinox 
Watch on both sides of the spring equinox time-wise. It holds particular significance to the Satanists, the Luciferians, the, the people with the power, the, the people who the, the, the people who care about the uh, or who believe in the power of of the planets in terms of shaping destiny. Now God put the planets out there, the stars and the sun and the moon. Why? As a timepiece for us. So we could tell the time in the heavens. It's the purpose of the planets, is it not? The purpose of the sun and stars. So we could tell time. But to the Luciferians, to the Illuminati, the people in power, they're put out there for power themselves, using the astrological power behind the planets. And going back a little ways, and this might sound like I'm jumping around, but I'm not, there was a an interesting planetary alignment, one that doesn't happen that often, and maybe once every, what, five or seven years, but there were five planets, and course, Mercury being the messenger planet and Jupiter being the, and, and, and Saturn being the, the planet of, I mean, the important planets with respect to the, the Illuminati. You see, when we take a look at, at everything taking place right now, everything taking place, and there's a lot taking place, we can see that they, the powers that, that are, are, are really ramping up their agenda. And, and we have to really understand that. I mean, we have to understand that, that, that they want, they, the powers that are behind the, the, the politicians want to accomplish much before Obama is out of office. The, um, The other thing I want to speak about, and, and that was kind of a, a, a unintended but well well placed pause. I, I wanted that something that's on my heart, and I just want to want to just share this with everyone. We spend a great deal of time talking about things that that will happen, could happen, we expect to happen. We we spend a lot of time talking about um, some pretty scary stuff, don't we? I mean, on balance, when you think about this, when you think about the possibility of an EMP, when you think about the possibility of an economic collapse or the probability of economic collapse, when you think about war breaking out in the Middle East, and and that's a big issue we're going to be hitting on as well, it's unsettling, or it should be unsettling. And one thing that I, I... do like to address are the, are the people who are listening to this this broadcast, and I can almost picture this in my head. I don't know, maybe an older woman sitting by a, a bare light bulb, I don't know, with a computer that, that maybe your son got her, or radio, or whatever device you might be listening on, and and uh, I don't know, maybe knitting something. Or I don't want to sound too cliche, but really, it doesn't matter. Maybe sitting on a thread threadbare chair, 
Not a lot of money. Certainly no gold or silver. Certainly no long-term storable food. Maybe uh, maybe just a few extra cans of whatever in the cupboard. And hearing this. Hearing us talk about the news like this. Maybe surrounded by no one who cares, but everyone who the first chance they get would take from that person or exploit that person. Maybe that person's living in the in, in the in the middle of New York City, Brooklyn, Queens. Maybe just off a of Casino Boulevard or. Maybe the person's living out in Los Angeles or, or maybe even some small town where there's just one stoplight and, and just maybe some senior citizen apartment buildings and some mobile homes or whatever. And I just want to talk to you for a moment because I know there are a lot of people out there like that. I heard from a I heard from a lady just like that who said, you know, I've got no one. I've got no one. And she wrote, if I died tomorrow, chances are the only way they'd find out is when my landlord came to collect my check on the rent on the first of the month. And I was thinking, you know, what are we how are we helping those people because my heart goes out to the infirmed and to the people who have no one and and even the people who do have family members a lot of times they get there's no relationship there or there's only this 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 very superficial relationship the email I got and the reason I brought this up was this woman is, is fantastic, and I'm hopefully I'll be able to publish her email with her permission. Is I read my Bible. Yeah, the subjects are heavy. Sometimes I can't sleep because of of what is being said. And she said, however, watching the news is hardly any better, seeing that we have very little options, very few options. But she said, at least I've been able to increase my relationship with God through your program and through your guests. And she mentioned by name Paul McGuire. She mentioned Greg Jackson. And she mentioned Steve Quayle by name. And the reason, the reason I'm bringing this up is I don't want anyone to be given into the spirit of fear because we know how the story ends, and I say this often to the regular listeners, please bear with me, but to, to, but to this special woman and, and women and men like her, please know that you're not alone. Please know that God did not make you, God has not forsaken you. And the more that you read the Bible, the stronger you will, you will get, the, the more, the closer you're able, the, the more you interact with us, the, perhaps the, 
perhaps the more enriched you'll become, not from us, but from the relationships you'll make with others. But don't give up. And don't give in to a spirit of fear. I just want to make sure I mention that, because to me that's extremely important. There's so many people out there. And the last thing we want to do is is um, really hype that spirit of fear. It just got to me when I, when I when I read that. It's it's not something that that we that, that I want to stress or I, I want to really you know um, spend much more time on. But I, I I do want you to know that that um, that we're your extended family, and that's just not something. Uh, that's not just something I say. We mean that. We want to be there with you, and we want to keep you company in the darkest of night. You could be listening to this by archive, or, or in the middle of the night. And we, we've got we've got paper carriers that listen to this program by archive, and uh, you know they're out there three, four in the morning, in all weather, and listening to this program. And it's awful dark, and it's awful lonely, and it's awful quiet out there, depending on the part of the country you're at, unless you're in Midtown, Manhattan. So, no, you're not alone either. All right. I just, that was just, that was just weighing on my heart, and I just really wanted to, to make sure that people, or that you, you folks, the, the beautiful lady that wrote me, and know that we're thinking about you. Folks, the, uh, one piece of news, and this is important because Clinton being the nominee or the presumptive nominee for the um, um, Democratic Party for president, FBI Director James Comey is closing in or at least pushing toward some sort of action on Clinton. I, I shouldn't say Comey is, but many of the people under him um, FBI Director James Comey told Congress today that he is closely involved with the FBI's investigation into Clinton's use of a pri- uh, private email server. All right, for the people who are out there listening to this and are sick and tired of hearing about this, I, I understand this, but it's important for us to follow this and to kind of keep track of who's behind who, who's helping who. Comey was questioned by the House Judiciary Committee today in a hearing that was intended to address the battle over. Apple's encryption. All right, you've heard about that. Apple is refusing to allow the FBI access into the phone, a phone related to the San Bernardino bombing, and it's a big deal. And the big deal is this. This is the bottom line with this Apple situation, as far as I am concerned, based on my research. It's not what you've been hearing, of course. It's not about security. It's not about this one case. It's about forever disallowing encryption or private communications with Apple products, period. Now, I, I, hopefully I won't put him on the spot, but Eric the Tech, who's developing a new blog called thetechnation.com, was looking at this Apple encryption situation. I don't want to put him on the spot, but... But Eric, uh, any thoughts on what the blowout, the fallout from this will be with Apple? Any thoughts about Apple 
what what their position is and what the FBI and the law enforcement wants to do. Anything you want to chime in on about? And you feel free to say, nah, not really, or whatever. I mean, any thoughts about the intent behind the request by our government to, well, to access not just this one time, but but for more, but to access this particular cell phone and, and, and this information? given the fact that you're Eric the Tech and you know tech stuff. I know he's getting his mic set up. See, I, I caught him off guard. So, but, but see, what the FBI wants to do, and, and everyone should be paying attention to this, because this is somewhat of a dog and pony show with respect to, to Apple as a corporation and the FBI and, and the D and DHS brought more broadly as the antagonistic agency wanting to get into the back doors of these operating systems. And some people, especially the, the, the patriots who believe it, that security is, is received at the end of a decryption program. Those people who believe that security is gained from this back door these back doors into programs that that if you're not hiding anything you don't need that level of encryption to those people I say to you well good luck because it's it's not what you think but I'm not sure if Eric's got his mic set up, but any thoughts on what Apple is doing or what Apple is not doing in the fight that we're seeing take place? Are you, still, you just give me a thumbs up if your mic's up, set up or, or not. And if not, okay. We're, we're still waiting. You just chime in anytime. Because I, I am looking for that technical response to this. And, and Eric, Eric is a, a guy of tech and he's, he is really following this. And, and he said, you know, as a matter of fact, Eric the Tech set up his website, or is setting up his website. It's not 100% done by any means, but but it's uh, Tech Nation Report, TNR, TechNationReport.com. But, um, but, but he said, I really want to get this up because Apple, because the situation with Apple, it's huge. It's huge. But getting back to Comey, being questioned by the House Judiciary Committee, saying it wasn't that 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 the this hearing that, that was intended to address the battle over App, Apple's encryption practices. Representative Steve Shabbat from Ohio switched gears during the questioning to press Comey on the progress into the email investigation. You see. This is kind of what started out was with with asking about Apple went into the emails, and Comey responded that a few weeks back the FBI's general counsel James Baker acknowledged that the FBI is quote working on matters related to Clinton's use of a private e- private email so- server. That the reason I bring this out is because the answer to the question that was asked, the intent of that question, and the answer given, is so vague. And so, uh, so out of, out of left field that it really doesn't matter. What really, what the question is, 
at what point is the FBI, at what point are the members of the Judiciary Committee, the House Judiciary Committee, and the Department of Justice going to go after Clinton for blatant, blatant violations of of policy and blatant violations, treasonous violations, if you will, and handling of, of classified material, her communications with Blumenthal, the information about Benghazi. Well, Comey took the easy way out in this respect, saying, look, I can't comment about ongoing investigations, which tells us there is something going on there. But but he said, I can assure you that I'm very close personally to that investigation, meaning that he is watching what's going on. And, and he went on to say that we have the resources we need, including the people and technology, and that is done the way the FBI chose to do all of its work independently completely and promptly. Basically, what is going on here is the FBI is fighting with with justice, is fighting with DHS, and the rank-and-file members of the FBI, the people within the FBI who are working on the email investigation of Hillary Rodham Clinton, are pushing for an indictment. But I, I think that there will, they will be deeply disappointed when, when none is forthcoming. Because the information that we have is that the there will be no indictment. There can't be an indictment. It would not look good at all. That's about the FBI email situation. But what about Apple, Eric? Are you up yet? What do you? Th- what's your general thoughts on Apple as a tech, knowing what you know? Got to ask you that. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can, hey, can you all hear us? Uh, Let me make sure my level's good. All right. Well, the vast studio audience that we have, um, yeah, hey, to the guy in the seventh row back, uh, seat number L5, put your shirt back on. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're, you're good here. Uh, well, first off, I think it's it's interesting that we finally have a big corporation stepping up and taking a stance instead of not taking a stance and just being forced into doing something. So I think that's really cool. And um, I own a lot of Apple products, and this is one of the reasons why. All right. I don't have any any security on my Apple products, nothing to protect me from bugs or anything because I've never gotten any. And um, But I think we need to be careful. And I think you and I were talking about this. We were. Um, are we being gamed in this this little them cooperating situation? Very interesting comment. And, and by being gamed, are, are we being, uh, what do you mean by that? Are, are we just kind of, I mean, what do you mean by that? Honestly, I don't know specifically what that really means, but it almost feels like there's something else there that we're not being told. Um, just because Apple is such a big, has such a big influence. And real and um, Apple's not even to the U.S. 
Apple's not even the biggest supplier to the U.S. It's to China and other places. So it's... When you told me that, 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 for whatever reason, that surprised me. But I guess it shouldn't have. But but the market share is more overseas than, than it is here in the United States. So it could very well be, and, and I'm asking you this question, that they might say, well... Apple might say, well, look, we know we'd be losing the market share or a big part of it here in the United States, but our, our, the biggest market share is overseas. So to heck with you, FBI. I mean, we've got – is that what you're saying? I mean, it, it, in a way? or Yeah, that's what makes me think that this is pretty legit because if they just had to say, you know, we're, we're done. Hmm. They could. They really could, I think. All right. I mean, they'd, they'd become a smaller business, but they wouldn't hurt. It, so. it, it wouldn't, yeah, it, it wouldn't, they wouldn't feel it like we felt when we kind of thunder nose at the advertisers who wanted to push the homosexual agenda, and, you know, we, we got really, I mean, so it, they wouldn't feel it as bad as we did. Right. Yeah, I gotcha, relatively speaking. All right. Good. Well, thanks. Thanks. I, I'm interested, again, I'm interested in your take. And uh, t- tell the folks, if you don't mind, and I'm putting you on the spot, I know that, <laughs> uh, you are uh, developing a website for specifically for technical issues, and it's technationreport.com, right? Yeah, it's going to be, it's technationreport.com, and um, anything tech from CERN stuff to um, consumer tech, and even a little bit of news and alerts here and there anything big so gotcha it's a work in progress but cool just something to do and just something to have fun with and i want a lot of interaction with people and people sending me information that they find or whatever so it's going to be a really interactive site user site it's great and i saw the uh, i saw the uh the, the the bones the infrastructure of it and they're really kind of is working hard on it and he you know he's really trying to make it so people can in fact uh, interact and learn stuff and and I, I think he kind of did it for us too because we're neophytes and uh, when it comes to tech stuff folks what do you think about his his setup there did you see that little setup there where he was working that's his that's his pad that, that's his control center of course you really can't see it uh, he's got actually to his It'd be to his left, a huge spaceship-like, uh, I don't know, device, and then to his right, same thing. But, uh, folks, we're going to be right back. You're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report. It's just me tonight, Doug Hagman, solo. A little bit deeper now, a little bit deeper this hour, next hour, into issues. Gonna really, gonna really get in deep. Follow the rabbit trail pretty far. Gonna be right back. This is the Global Star Radio Network.
that would help if I turned things on around here, wouldn't it? And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this segment of the Hagman Hagman Report. We're going to be picking things up, picking up the tempo a bit right now. You know, many things are taking place that we need to talk about, and we are. Before we do, I want to mention a couple of things. Number one, hear the Watchman Conference until 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Folks, please take advantage of this. If you're going to hear the Watchman Conference or if you believe you're going to go, register because tomorrow at 9 o'clock ends the $99 special. All right. Right now, you can get, you can get your, you can register for $99. And that does, that barely, I, and I'm not even sure if it does cover expenses. <clears throat> Excuse me for the uh, the rooms, the the vast uh, number. I mean, you just I, I kind of got a glimpse, and it was an unauthorized glimpse. Oh, sorry, guys, of of the expenses, and I was kind of shocked. So, anyway, take advantage. Ninety nine bucks for a ticket until it's nine o'clock until nine o'clock tomorrow morning. So go to hearthewatchman.com and sign up. Look, you can meet us. You can have coffee with us. Um, uh, not that well, or or not. You might want to pay an extra ten bucks just to, just to keep us away from you, right? But but seriously, uh, people like JB Wells, uh, people like Greg Jackson, and Coach Dave Dobmeyer. Oh my goodness, Coach Dave Dobmeyer. Uh, you know, I I I want to spend some time with him. He is just a, a firecracker. He's America's coach, Dave Dobmeyer. Uh, Flip Benham. You've got uh, Michael Boltia Jr. I mean, these are and Pastor Langford. Oh my goodness. Uh, Pastor Langford, he's going to just just blow the roof off the place. These are individuals when you are in their company, and I can tell you this: I spent time with Pastor Langford and his wife, and wow, you talk about godly, uh, godly people. But um, it's just going to be tremendous, and it's a lot different when you hear them on the radio and then you see them in person and talk with them. It's exciting to me. I would I would go just to just to see the lineup. I mean, just just to spend. I would pay that just to watch JB Wells in person and, and listen to him in person, or, or any one of those speakers I mentioned and more. It's going to be a fantastic, fantastic conference. Let's hear the Watchman Conference. I really cannot wait to meet many of you who have written me and said I'd like to meet you at the conference. I I will and and, and I'll do. You know what? If I've got to stay up for three nights straight, I want to meet everyone, talk to everyone I can. I mean, that's my promise to you. I, I really want want to meet you face to face. I want to give you a hug or shake your hand, whatever. You know, I really do. Because to me, you are what it's all about. So until tomorrow at nine o'clock in the morning, tickets ninety nine dollars. Not not a bad deal. Take advantage of it. Also, portions of the night's broadcast brought to you by HealthMasters.com. 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 You want to feel good? You want to change your life? Visit HealthMasters.com. Sign up for their newsletter. Sign up for the uh, well, their newsletter that gives you a lot of information about nutritional products. And they have the best nutritional products out there. I don't care who sells what. I can I can tell you this, Healthmasters has got the best products of any company out there. I've seen the films, the videos about how they create their products. Million, I mean machines that cost millions of dollars. Unbelievable stuff. That's healthmasters.com. 
Ted Brewer will, if if you have a specific issue, um, you can write to him. Chances are he knows about it in terms of you know what the issue would be. He's written a great book, Breakthrough Health. Great company. That's healthmasters.com. He's got a new book coming out too, I believe, or an updated version coming out soon. Watch, watch for that. Also, American Survival Wholesale, americansurvivalwholesale.com. They're a sponsor for here, the Watchman Conference. Plus, you know, I was taken to the woodshed too, um, by someone who said, why don't you talk about their Bible drive? My goodness, they've got, they are giving away Bibles to those in desperate need of Bibles. I mean, if you cannot afford $10 to buy a Bible or whatever the case might be, contact them and say, look, man, I really would love to have a Bible. Mine's worn out or I don't never, never had one or whatever. But even beyond that, they've got all things necessary for your survival needs. They've got long-term storable food. They've got, they've got survival equipment. They've got so many things. You could, you could spend a long time shopping there. And folks, you don't, you don't need a ton of money just to start. Get started on preparations. You can talk to them and they can help you out. AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com, a veteran-owned, Christian-owned company, and we're proud to be partnered with them. Very proud to be partnered with them. They're going to be at here at the Watchman Conference again, a display there where you can see the products, and they're going to do their best to, to show everything that we know what they have. So I can't wait just for that as well. Two great companies. Healthmasters.com and American Survival Wholesale.com. You know, while I'm at it too, folks, I want to mention you know, the Christian marketplace. We are taking steps to really awaken that up. And, and to those people who believed in, in us in, in, the, in the beginning of the Christian marketplace, you go to hagwin.com, you can click on the the link toward the, to the Christian marketplace. If you if you are a business owner, Christian business owner, we need to get together. We need to stay together because right now Christians are under attack everywhere, but especially in America. Yeah, maybe not by bullets and bombs at the moment, but that's coming. But as Christian businessmen and women and as Christian consumers, we need to support one another. The consumers need to support the Christian businesses. We, and I have to give J.D. a lot of credit, really this is his his baby, his idea, saying, you know, wouldn't it be great to have a, a Christian-friendly marketplace? And and this is what we're attempting to do. So we, we ran into a lot of stumbling blocks in the beginning. And I'm not going to get into all the problems that we ran into, but, but but the fact is we we have and are overcoming those problems, and this is something that I'm very excited about. The people who are in business want to advertise, hey, I'm a Christian owner. I, I'm the owner of a, of a Christian business, or business, uh, I'm a Christian, and I own a business. We want this the place for you to be able to advertise freely, and for those people who want to support Christian businesses, we want you to be able to, to go there and through one click or two clicks of a mouse be able to identify, to find a company that you're, that you're looking for and, and, and hook up. 
Megan Hop, Megan Hop, uh, uh, just a tremendous business owner of a business. You're going to be hearing more about her shortly. Just a tremendous uh, person. The reason I mention her is because um, she's an example of of someone who I found through her interest in the Christian marketplace. So watch for that, too. I'm excited about this. I really am. And for all those people who began with us and said, oh, man, this is not going anywhere, we are going to reward you. Trust me, I promise you, we're going to reward you like you've never really thought you you had been rewarded because because you believed in us initially and maybe we didn't come through the way you thought we did or we should have we want to thank you for for either sticking with us or believing us in the beginning and and so so there's going to be a lot there i mean there's going to be a lot of of excitement there so that's the uh, Hagman Christian Marketplace. But all you have to do is go to HagmanHagman.com and click on the Christian Marketplace, and you, you'll see what I'm talking about. I'm just so excited about that. All right, let's get into some really hard-hitting news here, um, really things, again, that we need to we need to address. Um, Scalia, murdered? I believe so. There was, uh, being reported right now, uh, there are a number of issues. Of course, we know about the the ranch, the the, the, uh, the ranch where he was found, and, and the club that was associated with the ranch. We know about the numerology part of the days uh, that that really kind of weird aspect of the, the numbers. Of course, the Daily Crow had done a just a fantastic research and expose of that. But what are we hearing now about this White House confrontation over FBI, over the FBI, leads to a Scalia murder? Uh, Veterans Today, and regardless of what you may think about that website or the individuals, some say, oh, what an anti-Semitic website, or it doesn't matter. The information is what counts here. The article is is titled Scalia: What Really Happened. The author writes that Justice, Justice Scalia was surprised when he was ordered to the White House. This was not a man you gave orders to, especially not. Obama. It was Justice Scalia who vacated the long sacrosanct immunity from civil lawsuits, opening the door for a weakened presidency. Sources say that Scalia was in this was the single actor behind the impeachment of Bill Clinton. Obama was aware of this and ordered the FBI to set traps out for Scalia. And they do this. Trust me, the. Justice Department weaponizes agencies, FBI. The author of this article says, we will now outline the downfall of Anton and Scalia. Yes, this is a story of secret societies operating worldwide and ritual satanic child abuse that permeates Washington. Now, I'm going to say this to everyone. Um, The experience I've had in investigating child sacrifices, ritualistic killings, satanic ritual abuse, it doesn't 
I mean, it doesn't even compare to to what Russ Dizdar knows, but I do know this. There's an epidemic. Child abuse, ritualistic child abuse, kidnappings, satanic, torture, sexual deviance, whether it be with a royal family and you folks you might recall the, the 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 mess after Jimmy Saville died and they found all sorts of information about his sexual proclivities in in the UK. Our UK listeners undoubtedly know what I'm referring to. There's a there's a lot of perversity inside the beltway. There's a lot of perversity by people who are in power. You're going to find out, folks, just how perverse this is, at least my little corner of the world, at least from my view. But anyway, according to Gordon Duff, who's the author of this, he's a senior editor of Veterans Today, and again, like him, hate him, it doesn't matter. It's like me. Like me, hate me. I, I don't care. If I tell you something, and just research it for yourself. Sources say that Scalia was the the man behind the impeachment of Clinton, as I told you before. But the sources also say that Scalia was called to the White House, attended a meeting there, and left the White House after a meeting with the president just before flying to Texas. He had a manila envelope which contained printouts from a computer that was seized by the FBI. In fact, seized by FBI Special Agent Jeff Ross of the Salt Lake City, Utah office. At least this is the information that that Gordon Duff has been getting. Scalia had left the White House carrying, and I quote this from the article, slam dunk proof that would lead to the arrest, conviction, and of course impeachment of a seated Supreme Court Justice files that contained names of victims and details on sex acts, the preferred types, along with dates and places. All of this was seized uncom- <clears throat> was on the seized computer, and these files went uphill from the FBI to the Department of Justice and directly over to the White House. There, Political advisors leapt on them, seeing a chance to leverage a justice and, in this case, and this is very important, bring down Scalia in such a way that conservatives would be forced to accept virtually any Obama nomination. When Scalia arrived in Houston in a chartered plane after ditching his U.S. Marshal Protection details, Scalia and his companion, C. Allen Foster, Foster heads up the order of the Hubertus and is the co-owner with Poindexter John Poindexter of the Sabolo Creek Ranch it's a 25,000 plus acre piece of property for anyone to use this according to Poindexter free of charge so long as they are a Supreme Court Justice A-list celebrity like Mick Jagger or a billionaire of course you and I we don't need to worry about that Now, this is about Scalia, ostensibly. And I'm not asking you to believe this. 
I'm pointing this out because I do believe from this there are you know, there's there are important takeaways from this. Anyway, the Gordon Duff goes on. The crux of the story is how they got Scalia. According to sources, Scalia had been providing protection for an international pedophile ring, and was murdered by friends who he had informed on the nature of his visit with Obama, and the doom it signaled for those around him, around Scalia, prosecution, ruin, and citizens united reversed. In other words. Well, I'll just I'll continue here. The mechanism Scalia used to provide this protection was the Federalist Society, which uh, chooses the judges throughout the U.S. U.S. judiciary system. So, any unfortunate pedophile should he find himself in court. The judge was under Scalia's control, thus making a successful prosecution difficult to achieve. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here it, nothing else matters in terms, as far as I'm concerned, because this is not, for me right now, as a disparagement to Scalia or anyone else. Those of you who are familiar with the Franklin scandal, the Franklin cover-up, those of you who understand the what happened at Boys Town, uh, with the, and even now, and, and up to, through now, with with priests and people in power, not just not just priests, but people in power. I'm talking about the pages in, in Washington for the for the congressman. That program just fraught with all sorts of perversion. When you're able to control, and again, I have seen this happen. When you're able to control the court and the outcome of a case, when you're able to, for example, vilify a witness or even a victim. And you're able to, to have that sort of control, then you've got a lot of control. You can protect the pedophiles. You can protect the people behind the pedophiles. The Federalist Society grooms and recruits candidates to become judges at a very young age. We're talking about just out of college. They specifically seek suitable candidates who have certain moral ambiguities that can be exploited. And this is what a big part of the homosexual agenda is all about, the LGBT agenda. This is what a big part of it is about, folks. If you are involved in that lifestyle, it used to be 25, 30 years ago where that was sufficient, a lifestyle of same-sex a la Hillary Clinton whether bisexual, bi-curious or full-out Ellen what's her name? Ellen, whatever her name is as a celebrity um, they can use before they would use and this is big during the the time of JFK. His his heterosexual activities with 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 female spies and Marilyn Monroe and actresses and such. Okay, but now, but see, and at the time, and given the fact that Hoover was who Hoover was, Clyde Tolson, his buddy, and of course, well, his buddy, buddy, and Hoover's choice of dress. Now, it takes much more because the the morality has has widened. 
In other words, there's so much more that's acceptable, so now you've got to go very deviant. And and let me say this, uh, and, and I'm breaking from this article. This article does not say this, but I can guarantee you this. There are videos, there are pictures, there are snuff films out there real live snuff films and of course you have situations where young children are reportedly murdered in hideous ways by other young children just look at the MK Ultra program the Project Monarch the trauma based mind control this is what we're talking about this is exactly what we're talking about and from there we'll say the murder of a child by another child say a murder of a one-year-old or an 18-month-old by someone who's 9, 10, 11, 12. And, and please, I'm about to say something here, so if you have young ones nearby, I'll give you a second to cover their ears or whatever, but the, the um, acts that they would be forced to do to that child and then kill that, per- that child and then, of course, and this is the hard part to believe, but to actually cannibalize that child. And and film it. It doesn't matter if you believe me or not. There's enough, there's sufficient evidence out there to to prove this. But, But think about this. Let's say something like this is exposed and you've got a judge who's able to, to, to control the court system and to control the outcome of a guilty verdict or to mitigate the punishment. That's what Gordon Duff was saying this is all about. A stranglehold placed on the, on the judicial system of the United States by a group which, ser- which serves a big interest or the interests of big business, corrupt corporations, big pharma, oil, coal, coal barons. This is how their interests are, time and time again, placed ahead of those we, the people, with the result that our environment and our bodies are polluted by these products of the corporations, but there be it poisons like aspartamine and GMO crops and such. But but it goes it goes beyond that. It goes into the, the proclivities and perversities of the social networking of these highly placed individuals. The perversity and proclivities go hand in hand with the things like the Oh, the things I mentioned, the, the big pharma, the, the GMO stuff. And, and I did mention this before, but the, this article does say we remember former FBI founder, director of J. Edgar Hoover, the man who said he, uh, the, I'm sorry, the man who said ritual satanic child abuse was a conspiracy theory. And folks, he was a guy that said the mafia didn't exist as well. But satanic ritual abuse and as you know, as you've heard Russ Dizzler talk about, there's no conspiracy theory at all. No, it happens. Scalia's talk in Texas was said to have gone like this. Now, this is according to the article now. They have us. We are all going down unless we can give them what they want, and they are holding all the cards. They have everything. There was no negotiation with the White House. Instead, Scalia... Uh, instead, Scalia got, we are told, and multiple sources confirmed a pillow over his face in the heroic funeral. Okay. None, uh, or the one that President Obama refused to attend, now we know why. For a seated president not to attend the funeral of a pedophile is, is unthinkable. Again, I, the reason I bring this article up is not 
to disparage Scalia, not to cast a doubt on Scalia's um, activities, but to let you know that if you take elements of this particular report with elements of the Franklin cover-up, and you take elements of various um, things that Russ had is Russ is investigating, and understand that there is a, a Nazi component to this as well. Via Steve Quayle, for example, his book, and Peter Lavenda, Sinister Forces, his research findings. It doesn't take long before you see this this network of satanic ritual abuse of young children and also the perversity that in part is being is, 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 that in part is, is actually um, being facilitated in, in, in such a perverse manner it's just it, it, this is incredible I, the, the level of satanic ritual abuse against children the number of pedophiles the increase of, of pedophilic activity the increase of all of such issues needs to be looked at. We've got a bunch of perverts in the white in, 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 in inside the beltway. We've had a bunch of perverts inside the beltway for a long time. But now when you combine it with satanic ritual abuse and Satan worship outright overt Satan worship and Baphomet worship and of course the Bohemian Grove which we've known about for a long time but when you take all of this together and you start putting you start connecting the pieces folks what we have here now just like Steve Quayle says and others have said on our program we have the days of Noah just as in the days of Noah so I wanted to I wanted to bring this out and let you know that, that we've got a real problem here. And and speaking of some weird proclivities, InfoWars reported on this, and, and I was talking with some people there, and Rubio is a very extroverted homosexual, or was during his college years. And once again, you might say, well, does this really make any difference? It, I believe it does. When you have a Florida senator reportedly attending um, homosexual parties back in the 1990s and then turning around and preaching, for example, a um, uh, uh, preaching morality today, there's an issue there. Now, I don't know his heart, but I can look at evidence. I can look at uh, uh, not proof, but evidence, documentation. Apparently, Marco Rubio was a very extroverted homosexual during his youth in South Beach. Now, I know J.D., for example, is very familiar with South Beach. And <laughs> Eric just started laughing there. Yeah, there's some there are some issues there. But despite billing himself, for example, as a long-time, long lifelong Christian to conservative and evangelical voters, apparently Rubio had gone to some homosexual parties during the early to mid-1990s at, at, at homosexual entertainment, entertainment venues, such as the Warsaw Ballroom in Amnesia, 
or I'm sorry, Warsaw Ballroom is is one, Amnesia is another place, where scantily clad men were covered in suds, actually, foam, where homosexual acts were camouflaged. At Amnesia, the MC there, by the name of, and I'm not making this up, Kitty Meow, a drag queen, would officiate over the suds parties, the foam parties, directing participants what to do. Wayne Matson is the, the guy behind this report. Some of these party participants were wearing virtually nothing. And there are some photographs. If you go to InfoWars, there are some photographs there of these foam parties to give you an example of what they are. Now, again, is this just a hit piece? I, I don't know. I don't know. But the reason I bring this up is because with the pervasiveness of this immorality, since the Obergefell decision came down in January or uh, June 26th of 2015, since homosexually in the eyes of many has been made the law of the land, which it hasn't, because remember, Supreme Court decisions are, are merely opinions, not law of the land. Congress makes law. The Supreme Court merely decides on cases. But Rubio, he's got four children and claims to be a devout Christian. When you've got somebody like that and there's evidence to the contrary and he's running for an office of the highest office in the land, I think that needs to be asked. I think, I think without, without any, without any problem at all, the media needs to be asking very difficult questions. But then on the other side of things, you've got Hillary Clinton, who is a virtually admitted felon, or at least, when I say admitted felon, certainly she's admitted uh, some, quote, mistakes with respect to to uh, uh, the emails, and as well as her activities involved in Benghazi. So which is worse? Well, they're both bad. But my whole line of thinking is let's just look at the entirety look at everything and of course we've been treated to a week of Oscars where the Oscars I don't know how many people watched it folks how many people watched the Oscars out there did you watch them my goodness uh, of course the black the the, the um, accusations of racism isn't that something that is to exacerbate. The reason that's important is because the people in Hollywood are being pushed to exacerbate the race division right now that we're seeing because one of the components of the civil war in which we are going to be find ourselves embroiled in will be a racial component. And don't under, underestimate that racial divide, but we are being exploited as a, as a people because we're all human races is, is well we're all human but the exploitation is really what's should be the news who is paying the people who is prompting the people who is pushing the, the people the celebrities to, to really exploit race as a matter of division because that will come into play as society breaks down we need to understand that that by itself, of itself, were being gamed. And in case you're wondering, folks, you can go to various websites, watch Super 
Tuesday live coverage. Um, and you can, you can see all of the analyses, what's taking place with Super Tuesday. You can see the numbers come in. But at the end of the day, what does it matter? Does it matter? Of course. Of, of course. What about the election rigging that's taking place? How much, how many of the mainstream companies are talking about the election rigging? Not too many people. We see people, we have people admitting to voting for Trump. All of a sudden their vote is cast for Cruz or voting for Cruz and their vote is cast to Rubio or someone else. Insert name here. It doesn't matter. Of course, black box voting. If you haven't, if you haven't really got into talking about, uh, or if you haven't got into, uh, to really understanding what black box voting is and, and, and what's going on with that, I would urge everyone definitely to check out black box voting. Now, I, I got a couple of emails here from people asking about what the follow-up situation is with uh, Tim Elberino. Look, uh, I can't really get into it, only to say that there's a continued, uh, and I just want to mention this again. Folks, Tim Elberino, he is a, a, he's really at the tip of the spear in a lot of research that he's doing. The There was another incident that took place here within the last 24 hours, and, of course, that situation involves his personal safety. There was something tampered with that could have been extremely problematic. That's all I can really say. And the harassment continues. So please keep in, in your prayers. He's fine. His wife is fine. His family is fine. But please keep them in your prayers. How many people have heard about what's taking place with the New York State with the with the um, leak at the Indian Point facility? <coughs> the um, the Indian Point nuclear facility right now is supposedly leaking a, a lot of radioactivity. Governor Andrew Cuomo had talked about this. He had talked about, uh, or he mentioned this. He said there was alarming levels of radioactivity at three monitoring wells with one well's radioactivity increasing nearly, get this, 65,000%. The facility reports, now this is the Indian Point Facility nuclear reactor in New York State uh, along the Hudson that uh, that facility is, re- is increasing nearly the radioactive uh, uh, radioactive uh, radioactivity leaking increased by sixty five thousand percent. Do you think our uh, do, do, do you think that the state the condition of our nuclear reactors think we have problems? We certainly do. We do. There's a lot of economic news. Um, one particular person I, I pay attention to, King World News had reported on this. Legend warns of coming anarchy, hyperinflation, and a frightening endgame. 
Egon von Greyerts. That, of course, is the source of this. On the heels of eight weeks of chaotic trading in markets, the guy who actually became legendary for his predictions on QE and, and various other historic moves in, in money and currencies and major global events, you know what he just said? He said, look, the world, not the United States, not the West, but the world is heading toward anarchy, hyperinflationing, hyperinflation, and a frightening end game. What he said was, we're seeing the perfect bull trap in stock markets after a fall this year in the Dow of, it was 2,500 points, 2,450 points. We have now seen a rally of 1,250 points, which is roughly a 50% retracement. Well, what's, what's up with that? You're going to see this, apparently, according to this source. There's a long history. Well, investor, investors have really no fear and still expect more than normal pattern of bull markets with minor corrections. So, I said all that to say this. Most people are lulled into believing that, yeah, it's all just part of the the game really the stock market goes up it goes down it, it hey no big deal but now we've got a guy who's saying look folks everyone's lulled in the false sense of security and you know what we're on the verge of total global anarchy hyperinflation and product or shortages product shortages one of the big things, and folks, this is a, a huge dot right now, the war on cash. You heard Larry Sumner come out and say, oh, they should get rid of the $100 bill. You're going you're gonna to hear people come out and say, we should get rid of the 50 and, and 20 in cash altogether because you cannot monitor, you cannot control what you cannot see or you cannot monitor. The war against cash is extremely Crucial. It's a very crucial part of the end game scenario here. And in 2013, I did a report called "They're Just Going to Kill the Dollar," and you can find it on YouTube. It's it, to me, it's a fantastic um, summation. Not my writing, but but the the YouTube the way the way, the way it was done is just a fantastic summation. F- folks, what is going to happen here? They're going to kill the dollar, take down the economy, turn everything digital. This is the 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 um, this is all part of the, the game. They, of course, have sucked out all of the value of our money, or currency, I should say. And, of course, they want to bring everyone back into the dollar through strong dollar um, segments. You're going to see the, do- the, the strength of the dollar rise, contrary to what you might be hearing. According to the sources I've talked to, yeah, you're going to see the, the dollar rise more and more. But the bottom line, they're going to pull the rug out, rug from out from underneath it. And the, one of the one of the big things here, and, and I'm going back to now this source, the very small minority who actually get um, well, it's not going to be. People are not going to be able to really keep their assets in cash. The war in cash by global governments is now in high gear. Countries really are attacking cash in hand. What they're doing is they're limiting amount of people or limiting amount of money that people can withdraw from banks. 
We've seen this already. I just want to say one other thing, too, about the war on cash and about the elimination of a $100 bill, for example. One of the one of the uh, big aspects of taking out taking the hundred dollar bill out of circulation is it obviously if they take the hundred dollar bill US dollar out of circulation what's the next bill it's a 50 it takes twice as many 50s at, to, to make a hundred dollars the weight in order to smuggle we'll say money out of the country or to smuggle it anywhere and the bulk is twice that of a $100 bill. So you've got to think a little bit differently than just the bill itself. You've got to think about the weight, the bulk, and the fact that you can't really secrete it away as easily as you could with a $100 bill. And in part, that's why they got rid of the $500 bill. But that's another program. But what about the people who do have cash and are keeping money in the bank? We are, we will be hit by negative interest rates, zero or negative interest rates. Now, when that happens, you're going to see bank runs because no one is going to pay to keep their money in a bank, especially if you don't have that much money to keep in a bank, and especially if you do, because you're screwed either way. Depositors are going to be forced to invest in government bonds to finance our growing budget deficit and people say to me all the time i don't understand about bonds we know what are bonds what it, you don't really have to understand much about this it doesn't take a lot really government they borrow as government borrowings grow exponentially bonds are going to collapse in value eventually become worthless all currencies basically are going to collapse under the weight of money printing and credit expansion. And you know what? The U.S. dollar, the euro, and most other currencies will reach their intrinsic value of what? Zero. They're not worth anything. The banking system system right now, they're leveraged to 50 to 1, meaning that for every $1 in assets, they've got $50 worth of exposure. That excludes $1.5 quadrillion of worthless derivatives. When I was talking to, when I was on with, uh, Vincent Finelli today, and again, folks, tune in tomorrow night. Vincent Finelli is going to be on our program tomorrow night. What, just, you're going to hear things. I mean, this guy is fantastic. You're going to hear some things that, here's some techniques, some survival techniques. It, it, it's just, Number one, he's a hoot. Secondly, he's intelligent. And thirdly, well, just tune in. But anyway, the euro, U.S. dollar, most other currencies, as I said, are going to reach their intrinsic value of zero. The banking system leveraged 50 to 1. That excluding the one and a half quadrillion dollars. And do you even know what a quadrillion dollars is? Heck, I don't. I mean, seriously. What's after a, I mean, how much is a billion? Well, I, I do know, but, but, but seriously. These are just numbers, dots and zeros and basically zeros on a piece of paper. Whatever asset a customer has left in the bank, it's going to disappear, folks. It's going to disappear in the bankruptcy. 
of the entire financial system. And no one, no one at all should believe you're going to get your assets back, even if they're segregated. Oh, they're segregated. Remember that? Even even in that case, it would take years to sort out everything at the end of the day. Folks, we're in trouble economically. What follows? What follows trade wars, currency wars? What follows currency wars? Wars, period. Which brings us to the Middle East. Right? What's going on in the Middle East right now? We haven't heard squat from really that much about what's taking place in the Middle East and Syria, have we? The ceasefire? Have we heard much about it? Let's take a look at what's going on in Syria. Let's take a look at what's going on in the Middle East. First of all, the White House wants to increase the number of Syrian refugees here in the United States. They're pushing for an increase in refugees from Syria. It doesn't matter what we think. Obama's assistant for immigration policy told the task force set up by the uh, National Association of Countries that the U.S. is eyeing a bigger role to help alleviate a growing crisis, a crisis that we caused. Look for more people. Look for more people to come in under the guise of humanitarian aids. What about uh, what about the Christians in the Middle East? Have you noticed something funny about the number of refugees coming into the United States? We've talked about this many times before, but where are the Christians? Are they digging in over there? No, they're being killed. Are we hearing about this? Of course not. Because no one gives a damn about the Christians in the media. It's over there anyway. Doesn't doesn't affect me here in in the middle of the country. You see, we're we are importing or, or allowing the Muslims to come in, and that's by design. And that's a that of course is to to uh, to rip apart our moral and cultural Judeo Christian heritage. That is to basically destroy our country from within. And I just want to revisit this very quickly. I want everyone to think back to 9-11. I want everyone to think back to the stages of, or the, the various powers, the, the power structure in the Middle East on 9-11. I'd like people to remember those, and I was not one of them, who objected to the war in Iraq. And for that I apologize. But you know, we all mature at different levels, and it took me longer than most. But I I want people to, to really think back to our support of various countries in the Middle East, including North Africa. And really take a very careful mental assessment. Make a very careful mental assessment of everything. And remember what Bush said after 9-11. And, of course, accusing the the Muslims of, of committing the, the atrocious terrorist attacks on 9-11.
And, of course, don't forget the call before that. Don't forget the various other instances before that. But I guess I'm, the, the reason I'm bringing this up is because what we saw, George Bush and Dick Cheney in the powers in the White House and the executive branch and in Congress, what we saw them do was we saw them open the doors for all of the Islamic terrorists. We we, we, we went so far to welcoming the Muslims into this country and to make sure that we were not guilty of any type of um, any type of uh, uh, discrimination against the Muslims, that it was exploited, but it was also intended to be exploited. Do you understand what I mean? You see, I don't believe that the people in power were that stupid at the time. Now, one might argue, well, George Bush did not have the intellectual capacity to be the... Um, designer uh, or to orchestrate we'll say uh, this this reverse well this discrimination against white people I should say I, I don't like the term it's reverse discrimination is not even correct but the plan all along was this here was the plan we go in we destabilize Iran or Iraq Iran of course would fill in the power vacuum we knew at the time that the AQ Khan network was instrumental in, in providing Iran with a lot of the information, or a lot of the, yeah, the information with respect to the construction of the atomic bomb. We knew these things were taking place. We knew by, through the destabilizing Iraq, that we would end up with really a three-state country, the Kurds, the Sunnis, and the Shias. We knew that by doing so, that would, Iraq would implode upon itself. Afghanistan was a losing proposition. That was nothing more than churning out money for the military-industrial complex, just like Russia. I mean, all we were doing was we were keeping the bomb makers in business in, in Afghanistan. But what is most important is getting was getting Obama in the White House and then allowing him to be the bridge to the Muslim community while implementing or allowing to be implemented Hillary Clinton's State Department covert CIA operation of government destabilization, beginning in Tunisia, through Egypt, and ultimately to Syria. Syria is continues to be the crown jewel of destabilization in, in, in the Middle East. Syria also happens to be Obama's red line or his line in the sand. The ultimate objective here is to pit the West, that includes NATO, against Russia. The Arab Spring was all planned in advance, as I said before, and as, and as I've written before, Death Race Damascus. It's all about Syria. Meanwhile, we have allowed, we have permitted the North Koreans to do what? To develop their own nuclear arsenal and to put into orbit a satellite. Is that a communication satellite? No, no, no. Not for their three channels on, you know, in North Korea. No not a communication satellite 
back to Syria. Syria, of course, is instrumental for Russia, to Russia, important to Russia, because of the uh, deep water base in Tartus for Russia. Military, of strategic military importance for, for Russia. And it's also important for China, too. Syria, that is. Because of the economic factor. Then, of course, there's the pipeline, pipelines, plural, going through Syria, that Saudis, the Saudis need, and the Russians, the Russians need, and they're at odds with one another. We are supporting and have supported the Saudis. The, the Russians are not supporting, obviously, the Saudis. So what we have is five fronts in this war. And I did I, I did a, a YouTube video on this explaining the, the various fronts of this war. If you don't mind, go back and watch it because it's coming into play right now because of the ceasefire that supposedly exists or had existed or was to be and then to be extended in Syria is not going to be. We are going to see war in the Middle East. And there's a number of reasons for that. Of course, there's the the oil factor, there's the military factor, there's the depopulation part of it. But there, there's also the economy, the economic factor, because what happened, what caused, or what, what was one of the causes of the ending of the Great Depression? It was World War II, wasn't it? You're going to see that, because you're going to see the, 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 the digitization of currencies and the... the uh, uh, basically killing off of the dollar and other major national currencies through war. And it's going to happen in Syria. Make no mistake about it. The fuse has been lit. The war will begin in Syria. And it's going to be the West versus Russia, sparked by Turkey for the rec- recreation of the Ottoman Empire. There's nothing new under the sun, folks. Nothing new at all, folks. I'm Doug Hagman, flying solo. Next stop, Stan Deo. On this Tuesday edition. We'll be right back. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report on this Super Tuesday. You think it's a Super Tuesday because it's political? No, it's super because it's Tuesday, and if it's Tuesday, it's Tuesday with Stan Deo, our very special guest. Before I get back to Stan, I want to mention, folks, saddle for battle, because I do have a feeling. Now, I, I, I Eric, did I coin that phrase? Thank you. I coined that phrase, saddle for battle. I own that phrase, or at least I, I claim to own it. <laughs> no, anyway, I made that up. Saddle for battle. It was just, but but I, I think that's appropriate because I think we need to saddle for battle for what's coming. And, and as Stan was coming on, we were talking briefly about uh, 
about the state of affairs and, and, you know, about the war on cash and about the economy and about the dismal things. And, oh, yes, oh, yes. And I want to mention, uh, before getting to Stan, I want to mention, too, an email I received. God bless, God bless you, uh, Nancy D. She writes, uh, you know, how about living in a nursing home that has not made any preparations at all and, and don't intend to? You know, uh, when we were talking earlier about the, the elderly and the infirmed being alone and listening to news and being, you know, uh, but, but, but she writes, you know, I know God's going to take good care of me. And even if it's at a FEMA camp or a, a place of not her choosing or, a, you know, a God uses people in miraculous and, and important ways. I mean, look at, look at, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And, and look at others, uh, both both uh, in the recent past and the long-term past. So, Nancy D., thank you so much for your email. Know that our prayers are with you and, and with everyone who feels alone or, or are alone. And uh, know that, uh, again, know that you're in our prayers. But uh, one of my favorite people, Stan Dale from standale.com, he and his wife, Holly Dale, um, great people, Holly Dale, author of the Dare to Prepare. What a great book. Stan Dale, Cosmic Conspiracy, and others. His lecture series on the Garden of Eden. Oh, fantastic. And, and folks, bookmark standale.com and go to the show images. Stan, it's just you and me tonight. Let's kick back. Let's have a conversation. Welcome to the program. Sounds like a plan to me. Uh, fireside right. chat, as it were. It's a little bit chilly here. I suppose it's chilly there. Yep, we have um, a fire going. And uh, Yeah, yeah, it, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, your last segment there, you were talking about the, the uh, war on the $100 bill. Um, this is certainly circulating around the metal dealers that I've talked to in the last couple of hours. Um, the, um, uh, well, I guess it's been about six hours ago, but um, I did find out that uh, they are worried that the $100 bill is going to be removed from circulation. No one seems to know what the administration is going to do if they do it, like, do you have to turn your hundred dollar bills in and and get you know twenties or you know is it uh, is it going to be a penalty on it if you don't do it by a certain date or something I don't know but you know for people you know those of us that are prepped and we've advised a lot of people about that you know you were supposed to take your your assets put some in cash some in gold some in silver some in lead <laughs> some in food <laughs> you know divide up things right. And uh, I got to thinking about that while I was talking to one of these metal dealers today, one of them, the leading ones, actually, that you know the name. But um, the guy said, um, you know, right now, people that had gold and bars and gold and large uh, collector coins, you know, like St. Gaudens and stuff that were like, you know, several thousand dollars a coin and stuff like that, said they've been, for the last uh, few weeks, they've been converting those to smaller coins, like, tenth of an ounce and a quarter of an ounce, uh, you know, British sovereigns or, you know, uh, uh, Swiss francs and things like that. And I said, well, why is that? And he said, well, it's because they wanted it a barterable form that, so they could buy smaller objects with it rather than having a $2,000 coin or something and you try to, you know, get a loaf of bread with that. It's pretty expensive bread. And so apparently there's now uh, the, the premium, what they call a premium, on the gold coins that are small is high, like, you know, 30, 35%, something like that, over the value of the gold. Um, now, so the guy and I got to talking, and definitely he knew about prepping and preppers and stuff, because preppers are buying a lot of gold and selling a lot of gold and silver. 
Uh, and I said, well, okay, what do we do with the, you know, the $100 bills and stuff? Do we just go turn those in and get some new stuff or, or you know, abandon our bank accounts? He says, I don't know. He said, uh, if they outlaw cash, which is where they're going, they're saying they're trying to get rid of criminals and drug traffic and stuff like that, uh, we're going to have to go to gold and silver. But the powers that be know that we are. And uh, so how are they going to block traffic, you know, black market traffic or whatever in, in metals? Says, who knows what law they can write? I mean, the administration can make any law they want at the rate they're going, and say that uh, you know you can possess gold and silver, but you can't trade in it. If you're trading, they might make a law that says you know five thousand dollar fine and you know six months in jail if you're caught trading in you know silver metals or gold metals, coins or bars or whatever. So what do you do? So you've got cash that's going to disappear, and bank accounts that are going to be, you know, either shut down or revalued to lower amounts. You've got uh, some people got gold bars, gold coins. Well, okay, if you can't trade them, they're useless. And silver, you can't trade the coins and the bars, useless. So you get down to the bottom line again, which is you don't want all those mediums of exchange. You want the things they would buy. You know, like food, water, shelter, medicine, you know, that kind of stuff, rent. And so it's a time where people ought to be, you know, looking at prepaying what um, service utilities they can, you know, gas and electricity and uh, water, um, and then maybe prepaying rent or mortgage of a month or two ahead of time. It gives you that much time to cushion, to, to readjust to what's coming. And I suspect this year we're going to see some really big changes in the the world economy, Doug. I mean, I just, uh, this guy and I, it was a depressing talk when I, you know, was talking to him because it's like the Bible says, and the rich shall throw their gold and silver into the street as cankered and rotten, you know, useless. And so it will be. You know, if they mm-hmm. pass this legislation, you won't be able to trade these things. It's not like it wasn't done back in, you know, the early 70s. I mean, it's been done before, uh, you know, in 1935 or whatever. Um, so I, I'm... I'm just, uh, I guess, Holly's book, the, the Dare to Prepare book, the, and books that you know suggest what you should buy in as supplies, is the real way to save what resources you've got. And even that's going to be a burden because you can't buy enough for, you know, like a year or something like that, and put it on your back and and you know march off somewhere. You got to have a way to get it there. Right. Um, so it's just, boy, I tell you what, it's time my my mind in a knot this evening. Yeah, uh, mine too, and especially, especially when we, the the old argument was doing away with the, uh, you know, almost worthless copper colored penny. Okay, I, I mean, remember when we were talking about doing, you know, getting rid of that? Now we're talking. <laughs> now we're going on the other end uh, of the of the ladder, and talking about doing away with a hundred dollar bill. And uh, there are claims, and, and I don't know um i doubt these claims where supposedly the 100 dollar bills they play a little uh, they play little role in the functioning of the legitimate economy yet a crucial role in the underground economy do, do you believe that or do you, do you think that's just a, a, a handy excuse that um, the that the 100 dollar bills are being used like with criminal enterprises and drugs and that kind of stuff yeah, Peter Sands from the Kentucky School of Government is quoted in the L.A. Times as saying, you know, high-value notes, and that would mean $100 bills at this point, 
play, and I'm quoting now, play little role in the functioning of a of the legitimate economy, yet they play a crucial role in the underground economy, saying that we don't need hundred dollar bills, you know, and, and not, you know, the, the, to me that that. <laughs> Well, that's a very convenient excuse by a, a Keynesian economist, I believe. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess if you look at it and go out into the marketplace, you know, the restaurants and, you know, grocery stores and stuff, and you pull out a $100 bill, I mean, how many people do that these days? Uh, and um, That's true. Who has change for it, you know? I mean, um, everything is plastic. And, I mean, we try to, to, to take cash with us when we go to... A restaurant nowadays, because of the likelihood of our, you know, credit card information being stolen somewhere between our our table and the and the back room there, you know, by the staff in a restaurant. Sure. It's happened before actually to us, and so we've we've um, <laughs> gotten wiser. Even though we're part of that uh, life lock, you can't cover everything, and so we've, um, as I say, we make that decision. But you know, uh, if you go to do something like that, you don't want to go with a hundred dollar bill these days because it. it it singles you out. You're unusual for carrying that kind of stuff around. Yeah, and I especially have a problem with banks, and of course the you know the financial rules where against structuring, where sometimes you don't even know you're structuring, taking out so much money to supposedly undercut the ten thousand dollar rule. You know, I don't know. Everything just seems really backwards. And and you're right about the credit cards. I I have a friend who who went to a local restaurant. It was a chain. It's a chain restaurant in the national chain, but it was local, and uh, ended up giving the card to the the waitress. And it was later that night that he got a call from a hotel. I, I think it was a hotel. Was saying, did you just make reservations? You know, I mean, it was it, it was out of the ordinary. It was it was in the Caribbean or something. And, and here, come to find out, the police did chase it, or trace it to um, somebody within the, the restaurant. Um, what do you call it? The, you know, uh, skimming off uh, the, the credit card number. So it's it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I, that, I don't. I, that's why I don't believe in cell phones or ATM cards. I, I don't like using either one. Well, we have uh, we don't have any smartphones in our house. We've got the old flip uh, phones from years back, and. We only turn those on when um, one of us is going to be out of the house or both of us are going to be separated somewhere or another, and we need to be able to communicate in case of emergency. Other than that, we have landlines, well, a landline, and, um, you know, uh, all this use of these smartphones is just putting too much information and control in the hands of the powers that be. It's, it's out of control. Yeah, exactly. And... We, we we don't need that. And I, I go back to the, the 1990s or whenever that was. Too, we had those. Uh, we had analog phones, cell phones. I guess analog is is that the right word? Anyway, and when they yeah, they weren't digital, digital. They were analog. Yeah, right. And we had better clarity and and, and all of that. When they but when they switched to digital, it seemed to me that, that the entire reason for them doing that was to be able to store much more information. Um, than uh, the, yeah. than the old analog, but uh, anyway, yeah. that's me. Well, that's true. That's true. I mean that uh, you know arguments can be made for that, but um, oh lord, it, it, it's such a an overpowering.
overwhelming control of our lives that they're doing now just unbelievable very much yeah yeah it, it seems to be accelerating at, at, at a tremendous rate whether it be the economy how, how long i mean we keep hearing about this this crash i mean you, you many of the major oh websites uh the popular financial websites oh it's going to crash any you know any time it can't go on and i was asked a question today when i was on uh, usa prepares on the radio show you know when do you think it's going to happen man i don't know but i i think we're already in this crash um we're in this dive right i mean yeah i think I, so yeah something's going to tip it over i mean like uh it's already a flimsy dying you know gasping for breath as it were this this economy but if yep. you throw in oh i don't know a nuclear exchange in the middle east you know um that could really put the cat amongst the pigeons in the world economy. Everybody will just pull in their horn. Look, uh, you know that that uh, Baltic Dry Index about shipping, you know, going to and fro before, between the countries. I looked yep. at it a week or so back. And it, I, the day I looked at it, there was not a, a merchant ship in either the Pacific or the Atlantic Ocean. They were all hugging the coast and going up and down the coast, but not going country to country. And that mm. tells you something is wrong. Yeah, you were the first one on, on our program. You were the first one who said, "Oh, I looked at the uh, uh, at the, uh, the the map with the ships out at sea and mm. nothing out at sea." And, and the first one to, to bring that up. And then all of a sudden, we began hearing about the Baltic Baltic Dry Index and our resident uh, BDI expert uh, Larry M from Santa Clarita, California, said hey, it's now at three three two. Interesting number. Uh, my my number is three two two for obvious reasons, but but so what does that signify? And and I know it's an indice of of multiple uh, uh, multiple indexes, but or multiple numbers. But is it just? Basically, I mean, basically what that index does. Oh, and by the way, let me say that uh, when I brought that to your attention on the show here a few weeks back, it was because one of your listeners told me about it said you better check this out this is there's something wrong here so i just investigated what one of your listeners gave to me so i i can't remember his name at the moment in fact two of them did a woman and a, and a guy different emails so it's this exchange of information or questions back and forth that helps us all get the information out anyway the, the index basically tells you the health of the world trading economy in commodities you know who's selling and buying stuff uh, and how much shipping is you know going on between countries, and that index basically is just a health indicator of the global economy, um, better than the uh, than the uh, New York Stock Exchange, New York uh, Dow Jones Index. Um, although that index is pretty much going to tell you a similar thing pretty quick, but uh, when you look out there in the ocean and you don't see merchant ships going back and forth from China or from you know, Europe back and forth to us, Germany, whatever. It tells you that we aren't trading, we aren't buying, or we aren't selling. Uh, right. And so that's why the Baltic Dry Index is, is very important. Um, Eric, the tech just asked if um, if you remember what the, the uh, shipping map that you had brought our attention to several weeks back. You remember what website that was from? Off um. Yeah, let's see. Let me just think a minute here. I'll just check my history file and see while we're while we're talking here because I, um, in fact, I I think I put a link to that somewhere in my uh, yes. 
think it's a vessel finder link. Uh, checking, checking, standby. Okay. Tell him to look up vesselfinder.com. That's one of the, the links I used, vesselfinder.com. All right. And um, that will give you a number of options. Um, I'm just trying to see here how we do this. I'm looking right now live to see the port index here. Uh, live ship tracking, cargo ship tracking. We're going to cargo ships now. Uh, okay, I don't want those by ship. Anyway, go to Vessel Finder. That's the first one. And you'll, when you get there, there'll be a big map come up with little arrows and dots showing where everybody is. And at the moment, I see not a lot of uh, ships in the Pacific at all. Wow, that's... All right. there, there's some in uh, coming out of the Mediterranean, out through the Gibraltar region, headed toward, the, toward New York, it looks like. But, well, half of them are going back. They, they went out into the like the Canary Islands area or somewhere and turned around and went back. But anyway, if you'll, you can go in there and you click on those things to tell the ship name, what the tonnage is, what the draft, and, you know, who owns it and that kind of stuff. But uh, even now, as, as we're on the air here, there's just a not, not a lot of, excuse me, of ships in between countries. They're hugging the coast. And I can only think that, because, that it's because their owners are knowing that uh, situations worldwide are such that they don't want their ships out at sea when stuff hits the fan. Uh, look, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm holding my breath over that Middle East situation. It, it, it is so pregnant with disaster. It's going to happen any tick of the clock. And it won't wait for Monday morning type stuff. It'll just happen when it happens. You know, that really, the entire situation in the Middle East is of grave concern to me. And the more I study this, Stan, the more I, I really see, at least in my view, how this was orchestrated from, from really day one. I mean, you go back right after 9-11 to Iraq. Well, you, you can even go back to the first desert storm or the first desert war, um, you know, the, and, and forward from there. And, and you look at, at Arab Spring, it was it was really not... About democracy, bringing the it, it, it was about the 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 uh, to me anyway, um, uh, taking down leaders and, and reformatting the power structure of the Middle East. That's how it was to me. And, and I, and I right. look at it. Where, where are we at now? I mean, what have we done? I, really, what have we done? And I'm saying, what what have we done? Um, my goodness, you know, at this point, what have we done? And and I believe you're right, I I do. Okay, tell Eric another thing, another site here too. I just found it. I found my my notes is marinetraffic.com. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, that was the one I think. Marine yeah. traffic. Yes. Yeah. Now that one shows a, a lot more detail of the the traffic we're talking about, um, and. It looks as though most of them are hugging the coast. I don't see a lot of them in transit. Uh, yeah, between Europe and and us from North Africa, there are some about halfway out into the ocean there. And uh, but that's the one that you want. That's the the good one. Marine traffic dot com. It lets you 
break it up by tankers and cargo vessels and passenger vessels and things like that, which um, really gives you a better idea about what's going on. All right. Fantastic. All right, if I can uh, slip a little news in here. We do have on our internal monitors going, uh, apparently we're waiting for a, uh, not we, but uh, uh, the world is waiting for some sort of press conference from Donald Trump at campaign headquarters. Uh, Vermont's the winner in Sanders, and, uh, or Sanders is the winner in Vermont on the Democratic side. Uh, Trump in Alabama, this being Super Tuesday, Clinton in, uh, uh, in Alabama over Sanders. So it's, it looks like a, a Trump versus Clinton situation forming up. Not that that should surprise anyone. Uh, Stan, I just would thought I should throw that out there. Yeah, well, they're 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 saying that he's projected to win Alabama, Georgia, Massachusetts, Tennessee. But at the moment, yeah. that's the, the the hot news story. So, uh, you know, you got to wonder if um, Romney is going to come in, you know, to uh, support the. Say again. Oh, is it too late? He can't come in. Uh, I'm just getting an update here. Vermont, he's got as well. Okay, well, I don't know uh, what the filing date limit is for running for president, but Romney apparently had said something about if needed, he would come in to help the Republican Party if Trump was the only option. So who knows? Do you you think, I mean, uh, Stan, let me ask this question. Do you you think, um, uh, well, I... I guess I'll just ask this question, and then you can reformat it the way you see fit. Do you think right. Trump is going to be? Do you, is Trump going to be the the Republican nominee for president? Boy, you know, with all the opposition he's getting, they don't seem like they want to support him. And if they don't, of course, um, he said he wouldn't run a third a third party ticket himself. But uh, you know, I don't know. It's a it's a crapshoot as far as I can see. I really don't know what he's going to do. Right, you know, I, I just. It, you, you know, ever... and the other thing is, the other thing is, he is so out there and making you know so many people mad. Uh, somebody may you know hurt him, uh, take him out of the race physically. Oh man, yeah, I, yeah. Or Which... or <laughs> we may not have an election at all if the world situation goes to war state. I mean, if That's the true. situation in the Middle East does. You see what I'm saying? Well, in a way, do you think that, that almost kind of makes sense. It would, it would certainly, um, to me, it would make the Republicans happy in, in a sense because, well, you know, Trump wouldn't get in, and, and then yeah. the Democrats they would. I don't know how crazy would that be, though. And, hey, have you been getting any emails about this uh, carbon monoxide cloud over California? Yes. Yes. What do you I, think about fact, it? I don't know. Um, we had a whole bunch of emails asking us to ask you about this and about the carbon monoxide situation. What's going okay. on with that? Let me tell you. Do not worry. It is bad data from the satellite uh, uh, that monitors all this stuff and the program that, that averages the gas concentrations. I went in and looked back uh, probably a month, day by day, and, and every three hours at the tracing of the gases uh, worldwide and i put it up on the on the show images page if you go there show images and second row right hand side uh, see 
see animated difference, click here. Okay, doesn't tell you what, but if you click on that picture, it'll take you over to snaps I made of the um, the uh, the null site that that's showing the plot of the carbon monoxide, the carbon dioxide, and the sulfur dioxide gases. And you'll see there that I've I've got one picture showing the big thing they were worried about this dark black and purple cloud that just appeared over California and I tracked it down to this on the 25th of February this year at 5 o'clock in the afternoon uh, that would be my time in uh, let's see in California time it would be about uh, 6 in the morning to 9 uh, 6 in the morning to make the first report and uh, you know there was nothing there it was just average little clouds of very very minimal concentration but three hours later, suddenly there's 1,000% increase in this carbon monoxide over the entire state of California, or darn near all of it, and within the next day it was all over it and, and spreading. Well, okay, in three hours you do not see a carbon monoxide release like that spreading everywhere, especially when the wind directions are taking it offshore if it were there. Um, you know, and those show on those maps. And if you look at uh, the type I put under there, under the picture, click on the type instead, and you will see an animated GIF I put up there, which shows you that same spot there, California, uh, on the 25th of February, but three hours separated before, and then suddenly it hits. And you'll see that it's impossible. Uh, it, it switches back and forth between the two, and you can see it's exactly as they're saying. They're not lying. It was a data error in the satellite transmitted data and in the averaging of that. And so, believe it or not, I, I went ahead and I put into this, this website here where you get this stuff. I put in the dates, and I, I went to March the 1st, uh, being today, and it showed the situation where it was dissipating. And I thought, well, I wonder if they forecast tomorrow. So I put in the 2nd of March. Well, or, you know gosh, up came a map and showing it all leveling out a bit. Well, I said, what about the 3rd and the 4th and the 5th? I got up to the 6th of March before there was no data. And they were averaging six days ahead of time, showing all this stuff being absorbed into the, the background. So then I checked with the, you know, the source that did this, the, the, the programming on this. And what, they're, what they do is they average several days, maybe a 10-day window, and when this data gets shoved into their averaging program, uh, it, they haven't been able to take it out yet. They're doing it now, but and, and correcting the problem on board the satellite that gave the bad data. So then I said, right, okay, let's just double check and be sure that there, that um, you know maybe we're not uh, like looking at the normal things where you have an earthquake or something like that. So then I put in a couple of methods. One and two, I call them EQ forecast. You can see that on the second uh, row there in the first image. It says EQ forecast. And so I started reaching out all over the place, universities, whatever, finding out people who had uh, sea surface temperature anomalies that I could use um, uh, to do like I used to to predict earthquakes. Now, that is good. It's what the Navy was giving me. There, there's some data missing from it that, uh, that made it a lot better, but I don't have that now. And if you look at this, uh, there is no sign in either of the methods I've used of any major earthquake in the offing in the last two or three days. There's no signatures that show that we can expect a big quake. So people in California, relax. There's just no signs 
uh, of bad things right now. I could be wrong. I mean, this method is not as accurate as it used to be, but there's just no uh, small hints and stuff that I would normally see that would tell me something's amiss on our West Coast. So, uh, in fact, uh, I'm going to announce that on uh, Coast to Coast tonight, at, uh, just after 11 Mountain Standard Time tonight. Uh, they asked me to, to get on there and, and uh, discuss that. But, uh, oh, no wow, you're going to Coast Coast? Uh, okay. Are, are you going to be on the news segment, or are you going to be on for... Yeah, it'd be on the, it'd be the news, or, or, you know, the two-minute... Um, Right. Quickie that uh, you go on with George and and I, I mm-hmm. mean there's not a whole program to do about it. It's just a matter of what research I did on it and what I did find, um, so people can That's relax great. about that. So, so who 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 messed up the data then? I mean, or, or was it? Uh, I mean, basically what you're saying about the carbon monoxide now going back to that it it it, it was a it was what it was a mistake or it was a Incorrect reading, or uh, yeah. who messed that yeah, up? Yeah, if you go back and you take the plots of data, uh, something that massive, you know, a thousand percent, uh, you know, um, right. increase in three hours and spread all over the state. I mean, people be gasping and grabbing the throats and falling down dead from that much stuff dumping into the atmosphere, you know, that quick. It just did not happen. Uh, you know, it was bad data, and it hit not only carbon monoxide. The carbon dioxide figures were off. The sulfur dioxide figures were off. Um, no. You know, it just all that got hit by that satellite problem. Gotcha. All right. All right. Well, that that's okay. That makes a difference then. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, it uh, people can relax for for the moment. I think. Uh, all right. All right. That's good. <clears throat> I think. Well, that's one less. <laughs> we can tick that off. Uh, you know, uh, scratch through that. We've got a whole uh, legal sheet of, of problems that we're worried about. We can we can scratch that one off for the moment. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah, the GOES-5 yeah. satellite, I think, was the the one that they were pulling it from, maybe the MODIS. But, you know, look, it, uh, it, it's a matter of people looking at that and not checking with the, the source of the data and the company that's doing it or the government department's doing it and seeing what their official explanation is. But from a technical point, it's just... You know, you can look at it and say, no, wrong. That's just absolutely bad data, so don't worry. That's the main thing. I'm not getting after anybody. I'm just saying, don't worry. It, it, be happy, man. Be happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember that song, Don't Worry, Be Happy? Uh, oh, I do, man. Yeah, the Jamaican guy, he's so cool. Be happy. <laughs> it was that 85, maybe, or 86, or something like that. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. All right. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, wow. All right. Hey, you know, this this guy, uh, you know, Kasim Soleimani? Yes. Um, on my show images page, I've got two recent images. We found one from the 22nd of January, one from the about uh, 26th of February, about four or five days ago, so they say. Um, but he, in both photographs that I checked, uh, he's holding his hands together. One is sitting down with his hands over his knee, holding his right hand with his left hand uh, with some prayer beads in it and in the 22nd of January one which you can see on that show image page he's got his right hand gripping his left hand holding it together with a big coat over him Um, I couldn't see any head wounds they were obvious but it looks like you know he's coming back into the political scene there uh, and uh, directing some operations so they say in northern Iraq near Tikrit where uh, Saddam Hussein was born um and 
the elections last Friday in Iran finished, and the redistribution of the seats was in favor of anti-Israel, uh, you know, sentiments in Iran. And of course, uh, Soleimani is one of the leaders of that, and uh, the Speaker of the Parliament there uh, was uh, re-elected to his position to strengthen all the anti-Israelite uh, people in Iran. So um, they've got the the the, uh, the ticket. Go ahead and, and exercise against uh, you know Israel. So things are things are definitely getting hot over there. What do you think of? Well, <laughs> I, I'm not even sure I, I I know what question to ask you. But what what would be the spark? Would it be Russia, uh, uh, Turkey, Russia? I mean, is that what we're looking at? Something with uh, Russia and Turkey, or would it be something? Yeah, I mean, it could be anything. But your best guess right now would it be Turkey shooting down another Russian uh, jet, or vice versa, or uh, what would start the ball rolling in your view? Somebody's sneezing wrong, probably. I mean, boy, <laughs> there's so many potentials over there. Uh, it'll probably be something none of us expected. Um, uh, looking at the Saudi movements, um, Prince Salman, of course, has formed this uh, confederation of 350,000 troops that are on the ground somewhere there in the Middle East at the moment, heading for Syria probably. Um, and that is a multinational, you know, multi-Arabic uh, nation group uh, forming this big army. Um, with them on the ground... Uh, then the situation between the Shiites and the Sunni Muslims, which they're at odds with each other across the whole Middle East, it might be some religious thing that you know the killing of some more clerics on either side that mm-hmm. might uh, spark the you know the Arab uh, uh, escalation of war between themselves, or as you suggested, it might be something in Syria where uh, Russia uh, loses another plane over Turkey and decides to kick the, the snot out of uh, Erdogan and Turkey. He's already warned them, don't don't shoot any more of my planes down when we fly over by accident. <laughs> right. um, you know, it's going to be something big, and uh, it will be quick, and the resulting actions will escalate in a matter of hours, days, but not weeks, I think. Whenever it starts, it will be, it will be quick and decisive, and they will go to uh, nuclear or bio-warfare type things. We, we already know there are bio-weapons in uh, the Syria region there. I mean, when Saddam fell, he he pushed him out into Syria, and uh, so we know that uh, that uh, oh, Bashar Assad has been using him in the north. So I don't know. There's just we have we we uh, Stan. We, we had a whole bunch of questions about uh, China, South China Sea, China's. Uh, pro- provocations, or at least that's how they're characterized. Do right. you feel that they, um, you, you know, what's your feeling about that in terms of the entirety of the uh, geopolitical situation? I- anything to worry about there? Yeah. Um, I think that China is pushing um, on Indonesia and uh, uh, wanting Indonesia to be their proxy invaders of Australia. The creation of those artificial islands there in the South China Seas are definitely strategic and uh, uh, perhaps they will become tactical uh, spots as well, but strategically they're setting up to move in and control the South Pacific and force the United States back home. 
um, there may be there may be uh, a recall from the White House getting our support for the South Pacific back. There may be an attack, but we know from my son being in the Australian Army there that uh, what well, he's out now, but they were being trained for an Indonesian invasion of Australia, and it wasn't an idle threat. Um, what he did find my son find is unusual was that they were in one room on the base up there in Queensland being trained on the ways they should uh, defeat an invading Indonesian stroke Chinese invasion of Australia and in a couple of rooms down uh, were the Indonesian officers that were down there being trained in the same thing that our guys were being trained to fight against them I mean so the enemy's two or three doors down being taught how to, to, to attack you know Australia in essence but, but knowing what our defensive measures would be it's crazy just absolutely mad so China China's going down there China's buying up a lot of Australia uh, China controls a lot of the politicians uh, we've got friends and family all over the country down there and they are worried they are very worried as soon as the United States loses its naval presence and defense of the South Pacific and Australia um, China's going to move whether through Indonesia or, or direct uh, troops I think they'll make the Indonesians do it because China's got other plans in the Middle East uh, for the oil fields and they'll need their own uh, army for that just to recap what you just said so I understand it picture an office building one office war games uh, strategy being planned out and in another office two doors down war games being planned out as well but opposing forces all under the same roof, right? That's yep. what you're saying. Yep. Nice. Yep. So if anyone has well, any questions, you know, that this is being gamed. Oh, yeah. definitely. I remember back in 1970, 69, 50, uh, no, back in the 60s, late 60s, Dad and I were, um, with a lot of other Texans, very upset that we were training... Yugoslav pilots who were our enemy at the time, we were training them in an Air Force base in Texas. So we're training the enemy to shoot down our guys there in Texas then. Uh, so this is just a, an extension of that when we go to the Australian-Indonesian situation. Uh, just madness. Gamed, as you say. We're right. being gamed. Sure, sure. I, I mean, all of this is being planned really in the bowels of some Saudi mansion, um, perhaps, or... You know, in an estate somewhere in the uh, in, in 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 Russia or so. You know, I I, I don't know where, but obviously we are being uh, we're being set up. And, and uh, I had talked to uh, I talked to the, the gentleman who produced a film about the Georgia Guidestones, uh, uh, Chris Pinto. He's going to be on our show. Oh yeah. Uh, here's some. Um, you know, now uh, I, one of my questions I asked him was, you know, based on the Georgia Guidestones. I mean, what, what you know, what, what? Obviously, the, the the big issue there is the depopulation aspect, and yep. uh, you know, and then you compare that to the Deagle uh, report and such. So we know something is coming to really thin the herd, and I don't mean that disparagingly. I mean, you know, to, to really take out a, a segment of the population. No, the Book of Revelation or, says the same thing. I mean, it's, it's yeah. there. It's biblical. Yeah. Wow. And look, what we've yeah. got so uh. many people and we're, and we're using our resources so badly. We're polluting ourselves to death. We're, I mean, look at all the drugs and stuff that go into the water 
table, you know, flushed down toilets and thrown into garbage heaps and stuff. You know, it, it's just not wisdom. I mean, we're killing ourselves. We're in fact, we're probably right. dead in the long term anyway. But well, uh, you know, I, I've got a lot of emails from people too wondering why, and this is a recurrent question. You know, for example, about Fukushima, and we've talked about this. You know, you and I, and on this show. Uh, is it too late to do anything at all? And why isn't anyone trying to do stuff to to stop the, the radiation from Fukushima? Do they know something we don't? Like it, it don't matter. It does not matter, I should say. But uh, yeah, no, I I agree. You know, it does seem to be a symptom of that. Um, the powers that be, you know, they've they've pretty much taken care of themselves and the continuance of government and humanity underground somewhere. Who knows? Yeah. He may be off the planet. Who knows? But um, there's going to be a culling of the herd, just like you said. It, it's coming. Yeah. And, you know, Stan, I, I, forgive my geographical uh, uh, problems here, but uh, you being in Colorado, I, I, you've been to the Denver airport quite a bit, right? Yeah. Or I could. Uh, yep. Okay. You know, that's always bothered me since it was built or rebuilt back in, uh, you know, 20, 30, 20-some years ago. Um, why there? And, of course, you know, what's going on underneath it? Why the murals? Why the symbology? Yeah, but I guess I guess we know the answers to that. But, but it's just everything seems to be right in front of, I mean, right in our faces that, uh, yeah. you know, it's... And and no one no one well no, I shouldn't say no one but few people really can see the big picture receipt for what it is. It's always well you know they got to put something up there and don't make too much about it and so on. So, uh, but 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 you know th- thank goodness for people like yourself who who are out there paying attention to, to very important things. So this is good. Hmm. Yeah. 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 So. Anyway, yeah, you know, we—I can't believe we've only got like twelve minutes left of our time together tonight. It's—it's it's just gone quickly. Um, in the remaining ten, twelve minutes, we got. Oh, you, you, yeah, yeah. What would you like to? One have? thing I want—just a, a small, quick thing. We can go into whatever people are writing in to ask about. But um, in Egypt, there's a member of parliament there called. Uh, his name is Okasha, and uh, he—the article I was. I found in the news today said he was a self-described expert on Freemason and American Zionist conspiracies in Egypt. And he said that the Israeli ambassador actually asked him to help Israel find the biblical Solomon's Temple. Can you believe that? Say that again? I mean, did I hear you right? What? Yeah. They, he asked him to find the biblical Solomon's Temple. He asked a member of parliament, the Israeli ambassador asked this guy, Okasha, um, you know, to help Israel find the Solomon's Temple. Now, whether that means that, uh, you know, Solomon's Temple is, um, I don't know, they think it might be in Egypt territory or what, I, I don't know. But why would you ask the Egyptians? I mean, I know there's some trade and some friendly goings on with gas and stuff between Israel and Egypt, but why would they ask them to help them find Solomon's Temple? Uh, I mean, it's it, as far as I can see, Solomon's Temple is buried under a bunch of rubble on the um, the south side of the Temple Mound, you know, outside the, the wall there down at the, the base of it. But um, it's just a pile of rubble buried with dirt and other stuff over the top of it. But anyway, I just thought it was it was odd that, uh, uh, you know, 
Mm. Maybe that's so that they could in Israel they could they could build, saying here's Solomon's temple. We can rebuild on that spot. And if it's not on the Temple Mountain, it's outside on that little mound there on the south side. Then that would be a place they could build without raising the ire of the uh, the uh, Muslims there. It's um, it, it would be on the wall of the Temple Mount, uh, where underneath is where Solomon's stables were, and. Um, I'm sure that they'd get upset, though, for one reason or another, if Israel's digging outside that area down underneath, where the Arabs have already been down underneath that area and complaining they don't want the Israelis involved in it. But, you know, what a nightmare. But anyway, I just thought it was odd that an Egyptian member of parliament would ask, you know, the Israeli ambassador to help him. Or the Israeli ambassador would ask him to help him find it. It is certainly interesting uh, implications from that it, now and in the future, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of something else I was going to share. Oh, remember when we were talking uh, before the show about trees and forests, and you were saying that uh, Vince had said something about the forests were sick? Yes, uh, yes. Holly and I walked, walked outside to look at the orchard. We normally don't look at it until the season starts in spring. And we found that we had lost, I think, everyone, maybe except for two trees of our orchard, were split with, with either a boar worm or some other strange malady. But uh, the first time in 10 years we walked out there and, you know, they had three-foot-tall splits from the, the bottom of the trunk right up into the, the trees. Uh, killed them. I mean, we've lost nearly all except two, I think, and those may go of our trees due to some strange malady that split them right up the bark and into the limbs and everything. It's just like lightning it struck it, if you can believe it, but it wasn't. Uh, My goodness. Just uh, a terrible thing to see. All that work we put into it just gone. Wow. In one season. In in Yeah, in one season. That quickly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, sad loss, but... Uh, wow. Well, I, I've got a question for you here, Stan. It, it's it's uh, off the cuff here. It's it's uh, unrelated to anything, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I love these questions. Oh, uh, I look forward to those. Yes, yes. Okay, get ready here, yep. Stan. What? Not, well, what do you believe? What do you, Stan Dale, believe the uh, Holy Grail is? Since you were talking about the Solomon's Temple and and oh yeah, and, you know. But what do you believe? Um, Look, I think um, that it was a legend that was misunderstood. I think the Holy Grail really was not a cup or anything like that, but the Grail legend was built around the the body of you know Jesus being the Grail to hold the blood, and right. that He is the the Holy Grail, and He is not something you're going to find buried under a mountain because He's risen and in a parallel universe, and so I don't. I don't spend any time looking for either a, a crude metal cup or a fancy gold goblet, uh, you know, as the the Grail cup. Um, I don't think I ever saw any reports of anybody standing around the crucifixion with a cup to catch the blood, you know, right. or running around with the cup that they used at the Last Supper. I mean, just um, it's entertaining, but I don't think it has much to do with reality. It's a code, I, I, like. Okay. Uh, well, I have a follow-up question to that. So, since you believe, uh, perhaps it's the actual body of Christ, if I if I can use that 
the yeah. descriptive term. Um, my follow-up question is, could it be something even slightly different than that, and that being the womb of, of Mary, in other words, Mary Magda, or I'm sorry, um, Mary the mother of Jesus as opposed to Jesus himself. In other words, the womb well, it could Mary. be. It could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah it could okay. be. Right. But where, what's the source of the legend? Who, who brought it back? Was it the the Templars? Um, you know, they uh, were they under yeah. the direction of the Vatican at the time? The, who started yeah. this? It, it, I suspect that's a rhetorical question, right? I mean, yeah, who started yeah. this? Yeah, I, yeah, and, and yeah, we could, yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> and it's, oh, it's fun to think to about. Yeah, we get back to the Vatican, and this it, it all leads back to them being a major player in what's about to happen or what is happening on the planet. Yes, yes, and, and I'm constantly reminded. You know, it, and whenever we have a discussion like this, I'm constantly reminded to to uh, to you know to point the finger at the at the, at the Jesuits and and look, I look, I understand. Okay, I, folks, I do understand. So, I mean, yeah, obviously the. Many roads lead to Rome, I guess. That's what we're saying, right? <laughs> Most definitely, and it's, it is a reviving, if not revived, Roman Empire under the disguise of a religion. Yes, v- um, very well said. Yeah. Wow. wow. Well, just look at it. I mean, it, it, as I've said before, it's got the old Roman empirical model. It's got. Caesar at the top, and it's got uh, governors of territories underneath you, know, archbishops, uh, archbishops, bishops, and priests, and all through the world and all the major yeah. countries. Yeah, yeah. It just needs it just needs authority now, and someone's going to probably make that happen. They've got mm. more bite in, and those of us that don't play along are going to be outlaws. I'm coming to your house. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you what, uh, the good Lord sent us here, as I, you know, by Dream Vision, and I've often wondered about it, but you mentioned the Denver airport, and I think about that, and I think, well, you know, are the elite going to make their fail-safe, one of them here in, in Colorado, is that why we were sent here? Because a lot of the New Age people have been sent here, too, over into the San Luis Valley and on the eastern front of the uh, of the Rockies as well. So it's like a battleground here in that we have a lot of evangelical outreaches here, you know, focus on the family and various other things here in right. uh, Colorado Springs and, and organization in Denver. And, you know, in opposition, you have all these um, strange uh, beliefs. Um, those that are, you know, at uh, Vaca that are looking for the saucer people to land. And, you know, we, in fact, we went over there a couple months back and took photos of the area, but this seems to be a confrontational area where both, you know, good and evil are going to be in conflict. Hmm. Interesting. But as such, it may be a, a you know, a, a place to be if you want to be in the in the forefront of the battle. Well. I just hope it doesn't work out like, uh, you know, Uriah the Hittite. <laughs> <laughs> True. Mm. Wow. Wow. Regardless, saddle for battle. Again, that's my mantra: saddle for battle. Because yeah. we're going to need to. And yeah. uh, well, any, any any closing thoughts as we get about two minutes away from the end of the show? No, let me think here. I, I think I remembered everything 
gets to the point where you got so much on your plate, you, it kind of spills out one air hole if you're not careful. You know, you forget. But oh, I, I, I do want to thank. I do want to thank all the people that write into us. Uh, you know, with uh, either findings or questions. You know, saying, uh, "Have you looked at this and that kind of stuff?" Um, the uh, the 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 carbon monoxide thing. I certainly got a lot of those uh, queries from people, and I would have probably even picked it up until you know somebody did that. Uh, so I, I want to thank your listeners again, our listeners out there, um, for participating like that and getting you know serious questions to us. Um, All right. So keep that up, and uh, I've contacted back some of them by email. You know that have put in stuff to me, and I've said, look, you brought this to my attention. I want you to watch that just in case I miss it because there are just so many things going on. You and I both have full plates like that. We depend on the rest of the body, you know, the people out there interacting with us to say what they've found or think they've found so that we can spread that to the the rest of everybody on these shows. And it's working. It's really working. I I just pray it continues. This collaborative effort, and and Stan, I, I truly believe that we have the most intelligent audience in the world and the most astute when it comes to things like this. And uh, sometimes they're not always right, but they're always passionate and certainly always attentive and responsive. And for that, we thank them. Stan, thank you. Okay, we've gone through another hour, and I think uh, the fire needs a bit of a boost here, so we need to put a log on the fire and have our cup of coffee and see the silly world politics on the tube. (laughs) That's true. On this Super (laughs) Tuesday, have have a great night, my friend. God bless. Say hello to Holly and the little ones. Good night, everyone. This is the Global Star Radio Network.